Hi there, I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Health Discovered Podcast, where we bring you fascinating stories and unique perspectives, like our recent episode on how heart failure can particularly affect women in Black and Hispanic communities. We've documented it time and time again. She was young, she was Black, she was a woman. No one expected her to look like the face of heart failure. When you don't look like what someone expects, that's going to lead to delays in diagnosis. We all have to take this constellation of symptoms, treat it the same each and every time. Whether it's a young person, a Black person, a woman, if someone presents to me with my heart racing and feeling winded, I need to get an echocardiogram 100% of the time, regardless. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. WD-40 into the show. That way he can lube us up for tonight. I need my microphone, kiddo. No. Bring it here. (laughs) Oh, he's a blast. All right. Uh, Mr. Sam Sheeran, hope you got your top hat on. How you doing, brother? Nice to see you. Welsh Hammer, thanks for coming on in. And uh, let's see here. Free your mind. Good to see you. And we are caught up in the chat room so far. We got 30 seconds. There's Bill WD40. He is looping his way up through the show here to make sure that everything runs nice and smooth, which we can always appreciate. Hi, beautiful Bill WD40. All right, Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And you can get your Spaced Out Radio swag by going to our website, spacedoutradio.com. And do me a favor. Get those horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a powerful night of woo tonight as we dip into the paranormal on Ghosts of the Great White North. Yes, our main man, Merle, is here tonight. And why not? Why not? Because that's his time of the month to come on in. You know, so we got to make sure it happens. Then in hour number three, from Among the Missing, Steve Stockton will be joining us for another edition of Among the Missing. Yeah. Then right after that, in hour three, little Timmy Senor will be here for 
the UFO report. All right, let's get right to it. Our main man, Merle, from Paranormal Road Trippers is here for Ghosts of the Great White North. He's based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, where he's one of the top investigators of the paranormal right across Canada. And I have no problem saying that because I've met a bunch of them from Canada. And Lord knows that Merle is number one when it comes to it. And every month we get to discuss the fun stuff of the paranormal supernatural. And this time we have a great group coming in from 305 Paranormal. We have Mondo. We have Jen. Merle, it is pleasure to see you here on Spaced Out Radio again. How you doing, my man? Everyone, doing fantastic dave i'm looking forward to tonight i'm excited to talk to jen and mondo they got a ton of good stories it's halloween season so we should pull out some of those scary true encounters y'all have had mm-hmm. i agree i agree my little guy is in the studio right now is there something you wanted to say what did you want to say come here you got to say it on the microphone hold on come on everyone type merle in the chat there you go. He's oh a big my. fan of you, Merle. You know he's a big fan of yours. And uh, for our radio audience, that's my little guy, my little rock star hockey player, my little goon, you know, who likes to run people over on the ice. And I love him for it. Nice, tough kid. But, yes, everybody, if you're in our YouTube chat room, Merle it on up because we love it. So, Merle, who's our new friends here at 305 Paranormal? We got Jen and Mondo out of, out of Southern Florida. And uh, they're on an awesome paranormal team down there. They're super active on the Instagram and as well as in the field. And uh, I'm excited to have them on here tonight. How are you guys doing? Excellent, man. Thank you. Thank you for the invite, guys. Yes, thank you for having us. It's good to have you guys here. And thank you, because we always love to hear paranormal stories from around North America and the world. How did you guys, Jen, get into searching for the unknown? Um, I got into it myself because I've always had paranormal experiences when I was small and I just grew up loving the paranormal and trying to understand it more growing up. And when I met him, I kind of told him that he might have some paranormal experiences around me. And it just so happened one day, something finally happened to him and that's how that went. (laughs) Okay. Mondo, you got to tell us what happened. What was that first encounter like? So basically, yeah, she told me and she had her experiences, but it, it's something where I need to experience that feeling myself in order for me to be able to not saying that I was ignorant to it, but just not not knowing. Um, so one day waiting for her to come back from work, um, we were in this in this house that we were staying in. We had our bedroom and we had a living room. So I had my pretty much like my gaming setup. So I had a, a futon. If we had guests over, we would have it in the in like the bed position. But in this particular night, I had it on the couch position. And I'm playing a PlayStation, waiting for for Jenny to come home from work. And then all of a sudden. I feel it super cold on this side of my body, kind of like if I kind of walked in halfway through a walk-in freezer. Felt super, super cold. And then all of a sudden, I start hearing, um, like, the springs from the futon start going down. (laughs) 
I start hearing it, I kind of feel like I'm going a little bit down on the futon. And I look over and I see what I can best describe as a ghost butt. So I see like the impression of like something sitting down right next to me. Wow. And (laughs) it was my first experience. Um, I didn't want to acknowledge it. So we're kind of like crossing paths where it's either I'm going to acknowledge it or it's just going to go away, but I'm going to keep playing PlayStation until (laughs) something happens. (laughs) And um, a few minutes later, I just felt, didn't feel the cold anymore. I heard the springs going back up and I didn't see the impression next to me anymore. Um, The second uh, Jenny gets back from work, I tell her, "Hey, um, I need let's let's go let's go to Walmart." Um, and so, just so you know, I just need to get something or whatever. Right there should have been a red flag for her to know that something was wrong because I hate going to Walmart. So, you know, but the second we walk through that threshold of the entrance of Walmart, I start just word vomit everything that was going on, and. She was laughing and she's like, why <laughs> why wait to tell me while we're here and not when we were back at the house? So that was my first experience. Well, a ghost butt is a good way to kind of, you know, push your way into the paranormal. Was it a nice butt at least? Was it small? Was it a, a big butt that you cannot lie? Let's be honest here. Yeah, it, it, it seems a little... It, it it wasn't it, yeah, it didn't seem uh, yeah it had some cushion <laughs> to it we'll go with that. Well, you, you know what, I, Merle, I don't even think you know this story about me because you know being our last show before Halloween, I know we're going to talk a lot of ghost stories. But when I first moved to Mission, British Columbia, from Vancouver Island, when I uh, started working in radio in Vancouver, my friends and I, uh, our friends had a duplex. They lived on one side, we lived on the other. Our side with my ex-wife was completely haunted. And one day I'm in Vancouver and I get a phone call from my buddy's wife next door. And he's like, or pardon me, she's like, can you and the missus please stop having sex in the bedroom? I'm trying to put my, my baby down for a nap and all I hear is moaning and groaning and the squeak of your bed. I said, I said, what the hell is going on? I said, I'm in Vancouver. And I said, the missus is in Abbotsford working. There's nobody home. Nobody's been home for like four hours since we all left. And she's like, BS, I'm listening to you guys right now. I'm like, how can you be listening to me if you're talking to me? Okay, and I'm telling you, the squeaks of the bed, uh, they are freaky, man. They are freaky. Definitely. That's a weird story, Dave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you know what was really scary, though, is a few weeks later, my ex and I, we were sitting, We the, the, our daughter was at uh, Grandma and Grandpa's for the night, so we're sitting there, you know, you know, you get all excited when you get a babysitter until you hit the couch. And you're like, let's just watch a movie, you know? (laughs) So we're having one of those nights and we actually hear my daughter's bedroom door open. She had a real squeaky door, hear her bedroom door. 
When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season with the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotictu for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic2 is the only once-daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. Door open, the pitter-patter of little feet running down the hallway, and then the jumping on our bed. You know how kids use mom and dad's bed as a trampoline? And then the of of because we had a real squeaky bed. Um and we could hear like the, a child jumping up and down on our on our bed like a like a trampoline. So it kind of freaked us out. Totally freaked us out. So that you solved the mystery. It, it was a ghost jumping kid. It was a ghost jumping kid. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Merle? You want a ghost story? I don't. I don't have many ghost stories anymore. Actually, no. I. I. I do. Um, I was investigating a place in Washington um, two weeks ago, and um, it was my first time out in the field in, in a while. I've kind of just been working on my videos and and to get that out because a bunch of content that I need to put out onto YouTube, and. Um, Dave, something grabbed my thumb. I was in the Estes method and something grabbed and pulled my thumb. I probably jumped 10 feet. And it was it was one of the most freakiest things I've ever seen. And the investigator I was with was is, is super skeptic and very analytical, which is awesome because you need that in the field. Question everything. Not everything's a ghost at the end of the day. So so she goes in the Estes method. And um, I'm, I'm asking questions, and I'm like, oh, man, I, 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 I need her to experience something. And I kind of ask the ghost to really let her know that they're there. And uh, something poked her pretty hard in the rib. And um, I've never, when she took that blindfold off and looked up at me, it looked like sheer panic. I, I, I laughed because I didn't know how else to react just because I was like, oh, my God, that was extreme. And 
that was pretty cool, Dave. I we need to get you in the Estes method. I just attract the aliens, man. You're an alien guy. Yeah, I just attract the aliens. That's all I do. All right. So how long have you, uh, Mondo and Jen, been investigating the paranormal? Um, so we belong to a team in South Florida called War Party Paranormal, and I've been with them since early 2019, if I can remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, like myself, you know, here and there with my friends, we go to Key West. I've investigated places in Key West by myself, but not officially with like an actual paranormal team. It would be 2019. And I just dragged him along with me because it was me by myself. And he was like, I want to go too. And I was like, all right. But they kind of just like unofficially made him part of the team when that happened. Yep. <laughs> How haunted is that area? Because, I mean, every. Awesome. I could just imagine, I mean, for hundreds of years with the ships that have sank, the Bermuda Triangle, the hurricanes, the the sharks, the alligators that have taken so much life down there, never mind, you know, people trying to come over from, from Cuba and, and drowning before they make it to the wonderful life in America. I mean, I could just imagine, uh, you know, how haunted it is down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very haunted. There's there's a lot of locations. Um, Miami, you wouldn't think so, um, but here one of our favorite locations is called the Gold Coast Railroad Museum. Um, so they have a lot of old trains that that were in transit. Uh, for example, there was one called the Ferdinand Magellan, and that particular train, its maiden voyage, believe it or not, was from D.C. to Miami, and it was just a, a cart that was solely used by the president. Uh, President Roosevelt, to to be exact. Um, And we've communicated with the CIA operative that um, gave his life for the president. Um, He ended up getting shot and the bullet went through the the window and and he died. Um, But that particular area where the museum is now, two major things have happened in that area. The first was um, it it was an, an air an aircraft, uh, like for the military, a station. Uh, And something happened where a blimp caught on fire and it blew up. Um, Of that original naval station, the Richmond Naval Station is what it's called, there's only one tower that's left from that original station. Um, And then the other uh, major event that kind of caused a lot of damage to that area was Hurricane Andrew uh, back in 1992 that devastated all of uh, Homestead and, and whatnot. Um, but there's a lot of uh, locations here in South Florida uh, besides that location, uh, what's mostly known down here. Um, the famous location is called the Riddle House, which is in Yesteryear Village. Uh, Ghost Adventures has done a, a, an episode on that. That was, I believe, season one, episode like four or five. It was in the very, very beginning of their of their series. And that's a West Palm. That's in West Palm Beach, Florida. <clears throat> and what is that place? Yes, your village. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, your village is essentially a think of think of it this way: it's a recreation of a bunch of old uh, houses in in one centralized location. It's kind of like a town, so it, it kind of looks like old oldish. Yeah, it's, a, it's they call it a living museum. A living museum. Yeah, oh, cool. 
Mm-hmm. So that particular um, location, the Riddle House, um, it's actually from the original uh, cemetery of West Palm Beach. What they used that house for was a lot for like viewings and things like that before the bodies were were buried in the cemetery. Um, but not only that, it was actually at one point as well after it was moved, um, it was used as a female dormitory for a university in West Palm Beach. Then afterwards, it was it was moved to Yesteryear Village as a as a museum, like Genoa State. That's incredible. And what, yeah, what sorts of ghostly activity have they had there? Like, what, what what's it known for? What are stones haunts? In the Riddle House, uh, there's there's a, a misconception, um, I would say, uh, just because of a lot of teams and the history and and ghost adventures as well. Um, they kind of had like a, a bullying type of interaction with the spirit named Joseph. Uh, so Joseph was wrongfully uh, convicted of of stealing. Joseph was the caretaker of the Riddle House, and the Riddle, um, well, the the Mister Riddle. Uh, he was well liked in the town. Something happened where his belongings, some of his belongings, were stolen. Uh, so he went ahead and and placed the blame on Joseph. Um, and since he was getting blamed for all the townsfolk liked Mister Riddle, they took his side, and he was pretty much bullied into that stigma of being a thief. And he couldn't handle it anymore. And and um, took his own life in the attic of the building. Yeah, he hung himself. Hmm. So I've talked to him, um, and <clears throat> I just went at it at a completely different approach. I just talked to him like if he was a normal person, and I got the story where all of that was a lie. Um, so I've kind of made it my mission. Anytime I ever get to go to Yesterday Village, I try to spend as much time as I can with Joseph and I try to tell people his story. So that way he's at peace with what happened. And when we do do that, like normally people go there and they try to get EVPs and it's a lot of screaming. Hmm. When we go there, it's not like he literally talks to you. I'm doing an investigation in, in, in the house by myself. Jenny's coming by with the XLS and on command, I can get Joseph to be like, hey, Joseph, can you tell Jenny hi? Bam. The very, hi, Jenny. Yeah. Or hi, hi. Or hey. Or something. Um, and then she even asked him in the same set of EBP questions that I was doing, hey, Joseph, can you can you uh, make yourself appear on the XLS? Bam. Within what yeah. you would say like a minute, he appeared. Like an anomaly would come through. And I'm like, all right, thank you. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm like appear as a ball and orb or something because you can see like orbs or like kind of weird like ball anomalies on that mm-hmm. and yeah that happened to work the first time I tried it I was like okay so we just our our team we don't believe in that whole bully approach we try to just speak with them with respect because one day we may be in their shoes and we hope that someone would be respectful to us you know that's kind of how I roll too, and I, I know we've talked about that before. Respect yes. you when, when you're investigating, and it sounds like you have like a special relationship with that ghost or even even that house and the energy of that house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have one like that too, where where 
I go and I get a lot of positive EVPs or positive interaction, whereas people, other people will get like nothing or more negative, angry interactions. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think respect goes a long way with that. Like, like Dave, he runs a tour up in his area and it's the same for him. He has a special relationship with some of the spirits at his. But one thing that is very hard to do is it's very hard to gain trust of a spirit. They are flighty. They are they are edgy. They they're not it's almost like they're not usually trusting of the living if we could put it that way. So Mondo, how did you build this relationship? When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season. With the worms' soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotictu for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic2 is the only once-daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. Yep. With this ghost, I mean, what did you do to earn that trust? So I just went ahead and some of our, our, our teammates, um, they just kept getting, uh, they would kept getting like the screaming, yelling, um, a lot EVPs, of get outs, a lot of get outs, get outs. FUs, things, things of that nature. And I was just like, man, you know what? Let me try a different approach. Um, I just want to just have a, a conversation. And I was straight up with Joseph. I was like, Hey, um, you know, I, I'm coming here with all, respect i want to hear your story i know what people say about you i want to hear it from you every story has two sides of it i want to know yours and it 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 was just it immediate i just kept getting good responses and i was telling jenny because at, at that point in time i was running the investigation of that home by myself she had to go to another location to to help the guests there And I told her uh, when we took a break, I was telling her, hey, all nothing but positive responses. And she's like, really? That's a location where it's just known for getting screams and yells. I was like, well, listen to this. Bam. And I'm playing the EVPs. And she's like, wow, Joseph likes you. And, (laughs) And I got that impression from that night going forward. 
Yeah. They're BFFs ever since. (laughs) Did it take an offering or anything like that in order to calm his nerves? I know with a couple of the spirits of my museum, I've had to offer cigarettes. I've had to offer shots of whiskey and little bottles of whiskey that, that stay up in their private areas. Did you have to cut a deal with him? So believe it or not, some of my teammates tried that route and it nothing happened. I was just sincere with, with him and I, I believe he can see that in me. And what my offering was to him, very simple. I told him after we had our, our EVP session, I told him I believed him and I really do. And my offering to him was I'm going to get the real truth out to everybody. Anybody that's willing to listen, I'm going to say it. And, I, you know, at the very, all I have to do is walk into the house. Hey, Joseph, I'm back. I'll start doing an EVP session. Hi, or welcome back, or how you doing? Something like that. We're going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour on Spaced Out Radio with our main man, Merle, and Ghost of the Great White North. Our special guest, 305 Paranormal, Mondo and Jen, all the way from Florida. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right. Uh, sorry, guys. We got a newbie in the chat room who's trying to be funny, and he's like Ray Romano, not funny. So just be careful. <laughs> okay. W. Decker, how you doing? Uh, and we are live on YouTube still. Yeah. So yeah. Just Mer- Merle. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you would have enjoyed our last tour on Saturday, Merle. How uh, was it? Um. Finally got the barn rocking. They're back? No, they're not back. It was a bunch of wanderers coming in. What was really cool was about halfway down uh, from the front, right-hand side, I saw a giant Clydesdale head sticking out of the of the uh, stall. Oh, dang. Dude, this head was tu- it was touching the ceiling. This horse was so big. This ghost horse. I've never seen it. never seen it before. One lady had watched a head come upside from upside down f- through the ceiling to look at her. She was freaked out. Completely <laughs> freaked out. Philip Baca, how you doing? That uh, actually reminds me of uh, uh our buddy Joe. So He's he did an investigation uh Letchworth Village. And we're we the three of us went out of town to go to a, a spot a jail up in northern Florida and he was just like on some downtime reviewing footage and he's like, Hey, take a look at Letchworth so you can see. And I'm looking and then I end up catching something that him and, and uh mm-hmm. and a friend of his Mike never even noticed. So I'm looking, I'm like, hey, Joe, stop the video. Is there anybody in front of you? He's like, no, I'm, I'm actually in the front of this pack. Um, and and we all make the right. So I, I go and I point it to him and, and I tell him, go zoom in a little past that corridor up front. So he zooms in a little bit. And what he ends up seeing is a shadow figure that morphed from the from the ceiling to the ground 
Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. wow. I've never even noticed that. And and there's no way that it could have been from behind because of, of how that shadow looked when you're when you're looking forward. And plus at that point in time, they are they were already turned right to the right. Oh my. Yeah. So oh. when you said that it instantly reminded me of that that footage that I was able to help him out with. Merle, you would have loved this guy we had at the uh at, at the tour. He has seen the last 20 years of every ghost show. Uh, he actually told our investigators to leave or our tour guides to leave so he could run the investigation because he knew everything about ghost tours. And and wow. go- and uh, because of his uh, love of uh, ghost television. And uh, hey, Grant Tavius and your lip blade. How you doing, buddy? And... Uh, <clears throat> Um, they had on a voice box upstairs when he went up into the barn, he thought he was going to try and be a hero and sneak upstairs, which we caught him or the tour guides caught him. And every time he went to try and get upstairs, the voice box said dangerous nine, nine times. Wow. In a row. Every time he got close to the stairway, uh, it, it got dangerous. The voice box said dangerous. Hey, Grantavius, thank you for that amazing super chat, my lip-bladed friend. Uh, very much appreciate your love and support, my man. Thank you very much. Love you, man. And so, um, yeah, he, but he thought he was the hero to the paranormal. Lee the Bee, how you doing? And I was on your tour. He wasn't in my group. He was in uh, my my new people's group, uh, Pauline and Phil, and uh, and they were just laughing at him. They're like, "No, dude! Like, if you can't settle down, you're gonna have to leave." Like he was so hyped up to be there, and he just like, "I should be running this tour. I know how to find ghosts. I know this. I know that." And he's walking around filming everything with his iPhone on his stick, and he had a. Uh, he had glow sticks on, his uh, lapels of his uh, safety vest, his fluorescent safety vest that he was wearing. It was uh, quite an experience, that's for that's sure. Awesome. Hey, my brother Eugene. Hey, guys, I want to say a big thank you to Louis La 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 Bright and Grantavius <laughs> the Lip Blade for the amazing super chats. Thank you for the love and support and everything that you guys do. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, and you can do some shopping at spacedoutradio.com. Remember, we do not have ugly swag. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. 
Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And you can join us on Patreon and join the Space Travelers Club right there. All right. Our main man, Merle, is back, ghost of the Great Right North. And our good friends, Mondo and Jen, from 305 Paranormal down in Florida. Let's get to some ghost stories. Merle, take it away. Yes, Dave, let's get to some ghost stories. Now, you guys have been investigating for a while now. Now, what was your first experience on the team? Like your first what-the-heck moment while investigating? Say for me... Excuse me, I would say for me would be when we have there used to be a place that we used to go to. It doesn't exist anymore because it's torn down. But it was it was called um Bell Glades Correctional Facility and we used to go there as like a playground, you know, because it was just us privately going there. We'll call the cops in that area, tell them, Hey, um, war parties, we're gonna be here tonight. Don't shoot us if you see anybody happening <laughs> anything happening at the jail. Yeah. And uh, we would just do sometimes like a Saturday night, just go up there and investigate. And for me, my first like, whoa, because it was kind of fairly, when I was fairly new on that team, um, I saw what was, um, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a real person. And I- When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season with the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic2 is the only once-daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. I was I had asked, I had questioned, is anybody out there like under prison cells yet? And from far away, at the furthest um, job cell block, it was cell block C, I saw somebody on the second floor. With the, the door was open, but there was a man standing there, and he had, like, a blue jumper suit, and he was just, like, you know, just kind of, like, looking in our direction where we were at in the pavilion area. And they had said, like, no, nobody's here yet because we kind of all just walked in together. And there was a lady who was on the team before, and she's a medium, and she had mentioned it. I, I when she, I said something, she mentioned. She goes, "Oh, they're all standing up, looking at us." She goes, "If all the doors are open, she goes, I can see them looking at us." And I was like, "Holy crap!" Like that freaked me out. But I was like, I thought that was somebody real. Like that's how 
good he that person looked i guess that's like a full body apparition yeah dang that face is crazy no and and i would say my my first like crazy moment like that is actually in the same place the same Lake place. correctional facility so if you guys remember a little bit earlier in the show the first uh paranormal encounter i ever had um the whole gaming and the and the and the cold spot that i felt well actually the second time i ever felt a cold spot was at the bell glades correctional facility we're doing an investigation of what would have been the church and it was us two and our team leader um scotty and we're doing an evp session and this place was easily it felt like 999 degrees in there it was super hot like the instant you walk in there you feel the heaviness of spirit but also the heat and i get to the stage area where they used to do you know their sermons and and whatnot um and i just feel like i'm completely surrounded by a cold spot and it didn't matter in which direction you were, at least around me for three feet, it was pure cold. And I tell Jenny, I'm, I'm telling her to come here, come to where I'm at so you can feel this. And and she's like, she didn't know what I was talking about because it was super hot. But as soon as she put her arm like close to me, she felt it. So it was, it was a quick callback to my first experience. And it answered that question as to what was it that I was experiencing and I, I, I was able to confirm it that day, which is awesome because in, in our field, it, it almost seems like we always have a lot more questions that are unanswered than questions that are. Um, that's even still the case for me years into this. Um, but it was just awesome to answer that question. And I loved I loved that experience. It's amazing. That's amazing. When you guys are out in the field, I mean, you said something very interesting, uh, Jen, about having to call the police to make sure they don't come in there and and, and, and shoot up the place, wondering who's breaking into an old jail. I mean, does that happen often where you have to call the police and say, hey, we're here on an investigation? Uh, do you do that quite a bit? We do that, especially if it's not a town that we're locals of because mm-hmm. this is like a town that's like out of eh, it's not really much going on there and you know they'll they might yeah they'll come out there and you're like you're trespassing or something but they built a relationship with that police uh department enough to know like okay they're just there they know exactly who it is sometimes they'll call and be like yeah okay whatever and so i'm like when i called myself like there's a few there's two cemeteries that are also local to that area that are really big one is um ortona and the other one's port mayaka and that's like right on the on each end of the Lake Okeechobee. Yeah, Lake Okeechobee. Mm-hmm. And that gets a lot of activity too. So but since I'm not from that area and I don't want to get crazy cop over there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I, I just play it safe, you know. And they also help in detouring anybody from coming in. So they already know our team members are in here. They'll send someone out and that officer will stay in his car. Yeah. Um, so he's ensuring our safety as well because there's a lot of trespassers that come. And the reason why we lost our favorite location, Belglade Correctional Facility, was because there was vandals that were going in and 
they were doing a fire and it got out of control and it burned down yeah, they, the whole place. They burned oh, out no. several buildings constantly until yeah. Yeah, so we that's how it got lost and um but that's that they were awesome. They're the the police officers are awesome. They made sure that nobody would come and we felt safe. They ever joined at you? least from people. We we still had to deal with the spirits from in there. Yeah. But the the living we're safe from them. Do they ever do the police ever come join you? Not there, but we had had one one time. Yeah. And that was uh it's not so it's like the last stop before if you were gonna go drive to Key West. Mm-hmm. There's a bar. It's called the Last Chance Saloon, down like right at the end of like uh, Homestead, Florida. And we were investigating that bar because that bar is like super old, and has like tales of like Blackbeard, and just some you know old creepy pirate bar vibes. Let's say let's just say. And there there was a murder. Um, I guess like, yeah, a murder. Right? There was a father that killed oh, his murder, son. Suicide. Yeah, murder suicide. That was off of empty lot, right off of that bar, and it just so happens the cop that runs that kind of runs that patrol that area for the bar at night before the closes down, he was called to that crime scene that night, and he was like, "Oh, I'll take you to where like we found the guy and his son and stuff." So he sat, he kind of like stood there and did EVPs with us. That's awesome. And, yeah, he thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, and you know what? I also want to say to our audience that if you are getting into paranormal or cryptid or UFO investigation and you don't have somebody to talk to, like especially if you're going out in the forest and you don't have somebody to let know, the police are always a great a great place to give them a call and just say, hey, I'm, I'm a cryptid investigator or a paranormal investigator. I'm going out uh, between these hours. I'm hoping if you don't hear from me by 2 o'clock, AM to confirm that I'm out of the forest or I'm out of an area. Uh, could you please send help? You know, and it's a, it, they'll always take the call. They'll always be very polite. They'll say, thank you. We appreciate it. You might even get some cool questions like, what are you doing out there again? You know, I'm mm-hmm. searching for ghosts or I'm searching for Bigfoot or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. But it is, I, I love the fact that you guys do that. That's such a, a great safety habit to be in. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because you, it's bad enough dealing with the spirits, the the living folks. Uh, you don't want to have yeah, to deal. You don't with know that. who's in there doing what. Yeah. 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 Dave, you, actually, guys, you, you know it's funny. So I go to the, I probably go to Washington minimum once a month, investigate and stuff like that. Going through the international border with all of my ghost gear, and when they ask mm-hmm. what the purpose of my visit is, I will bully blunt and be like, I'm ghost hunting. And the reactions you get, depending on how stiff the border guard is at the time, is um, I had one guy say that he loves the stuff. I had another guy open up all my gear and start playing with the gadgets. It's it's entertaining. <laughs> it, it, it very much is. It very much is. You know, the idea, though, and you brought up another really cool point, Jen, so I'm picking on you tonight. Your area there would be full of pirate legends and stories. You mentioned Blackbeard. I mean, have you guys ever run into ghost pirates while you've been investigating? I personally, if, if we were going to, would have been that location. Um, we didn't run into him. We kind of mainly that night got, uh, 
we got a male spirit that was at the bar. I don't, I couldn't tell who it was. And uh, we did try to reach out to Blackbeard because supposedly there's some treasure buried back there also. And when we have gone there during the day, we'll kind of be like, hey, we're going to come get your booty. That's what they used to call it, right? <laughs> come get your booty, come get your treasure and try to get see if we get a reaction. But uh, we didn't see nothing. But the lady who does own that bar says she has seen um, what it looks like a man in a pirate suit in the back. It's like all... It's just forest. There's nothing there. It's just big, big, big bushes. Forest and, and tall grass. Yeah. That's all you see. I've never been to St. Augustine also, but that's another area that that we need to go to. to. Yeah. And that was the first um, city in Florida that was discovered and, and settled and, and whatnot. It's the oldest city. What are some stories that are there? I know they're pretty popular on the ghost shows, but like if people are sniffing around there for ghost hunting, where would you where would you go? Where for St. Augustine? Yeah. The jail that's there. Um, mm-hmm. They also have a hanging tree. Supposedly it's very active also. The jail, the hanging tree, the fort, the old fort itself. Mm-hmm. And the I've heard... Huh? The lighthouse as well. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The lighthouse. There's the infamous uh, lady that's on the top of the lighthouse in the white dress. And everybody always tells me just even walking through the town, everything is just like a walk you know, mile a walk apart. They tell just the energy of the town is kind of like Louisiana, where it's very, I guess, maybe like very charged. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there as an adult. I've been there as a child, so I have to go now. With some fault. With a gear, and and I would oh, yeah, say with within 30, 30 uh, minutes away, within thirty minutes of of that location, you're gonna get to Casadega. When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season. Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers Very Berry. Some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season. With the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotictu for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotictu is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotictu today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotictu decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotictu. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotictu can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. Florida, which is also known as the, the spiritualist capital of the world. A lot of... Um, Folks that lived in New York that that practiced that 
the spirituality and, and spiritualism, spiritualism back, then, yeah. back then moved down to, to Florida, kind of like the, the summer home. Um, and, and they ended up staying here and a lot, that's a location where we've gotten a lot of evidence there. And it's, it's just a town of, uh, you, you see a lot of people that, that are psychics. They do fortune telling, things things of that nature. Is there a lot of witchcraft that goes along with that area too? Or I about, would say yes. Or voodoo it's little, voodoo? It's a little occulty. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I get a weird vibe. <laughs> what do the spirits say about that? How do they react? I, I don't know. So when we were there, at least for Casadega, we investigated um, a bed and breakfast. It's called the Ann Stevens Bed and Breakfast, and it's really old. It's beautiful. It, actually, there's a house in the back also that's like gorgeous. And the spirits that we had encountered there was a, a little girl. She presented herself as a girl, I guess. So according to the owners of the house, it's the time right, that she felt the happiest when she was uh, mm-hmm. living. But she died like at 80 years old. But mm-hmm. she remains in the house, and she just loves the house. And apparently the gardener or the caretaker of the house is also there. Yeah. And they're kind of like today in the spirit world. And because they used to get along a lot really good when they were alive. Um, but I, we, we kind of did a, a private residential one of the nights we were there. And I didn't see, like, it was very friendly. And I've yeah. known other people that have gone there, and they say that, it is a weird kind of location. And I don't know back then if, I don't know, I don't want to say child sacrifices, but it's a little off. <laughs> Let me just tell you. And so I found some weird stuff in some houses. And I'm like, what is that cage hanging outside the window for? Like, what is that? Just random cage. They're like, oh, story is they used to like had a child just sitting up there and feed him through the cage. And I was like, oh, okay. This is nice. No wonder everything's all negative here. <laughs> it's crazy. Have you ever been chased out of a location by a ghost? Uh, no. No. I've had one trying to scare me out. Oh. But I was walking out at the same time. I was like, all right, I'm out. And this was at an old Davy schoolhouse. And um, that's only because I know that the spirit is there pretending to be the spirit that is known to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think it didn't like that I called it out and it growled between me and some other girl that's right behind me. And we both looked at each other like I stopped. I was in a, going down the stairs and this growl was like right in my ear okay. and she heard it also. And we turned around. I was like, did you hear that? And then she's like, yeah. And I was like, and we kind of both said at the same time, we're like a growl. I was like, holy crap. I've never heard anything like that, especially so in that, that location. That was like a DVP. You could hear that with your naked ear. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. it was right here. Jen, can you tell Dave the story you told me? The <clears throat> the whole hair being touched? Oh, when I was a kid? <laughs> the rock yeah. chair? Yeah, he needs to hear that. Um, yes, I do. As, all right, so, Dave. so when I was a little girl, like I said, I have had experiences growing up. I think I kind of started maybe like five to six years old. Um. Actually, my first experiences was like I would see I'm an only child, 
And I would see something and I could feel something sit on the bed next to me. If I was like just sitting on the edge of my bed watching TV or like playing with a toy or something, I can feel like something sit next to me. So when he had an experience like that, I don't know if it starts off like that for everybody, but I found that kind of strange. Um, I would hear my name getting called. Like if I was my mom and I was always uh, go to her, like what, like, you know, what happened? Or she's like, I didn't call you. And he was getting that same thing in that same house. Hmm. What happened? So either way, my dad is one of those people that likes to, when he finds stuff on the side of the road, he thinks if it looks good, I'm going to take it home, like a chair or a table, a bicycle, whatever. One day he brought home a rocking chair and they decided to put it in my bedroom because at night my mom used to normally uh, so when I would lay down so I can go to sleep, she would kind of like come and like rub my hair like that, like my forehead and my hair. This was a nightly ritual. She did this every night. <clears throat> so they put the rocking chair in my room so she could sit there instead of sitting on my bed and she can stay there with me for a little while until I went to sleep. So one night um, she had came in, turned on the closet light and I kind of left it open like uh, the closet door, like just like a crack. She's like, I'll be back. And okay, so I just, like, if I was going to go to sleep, I just kind of, like, lay there and wait. And the next thing I know, I have my eyes closed, but the door opens again. I can tell the door opens again. And she sits on the chair, and she starts, like, rubbing my hair. Really quiet, the same thing. Um, and I just, I'm just used to it. And, you know, I try to talk to her, but she didn't answer me at all. She had abruptly stopped, and she walked, I mean, she walked out of the room. So I just thought, okay, like, you know, she's going to keep doing her thing, which at night what she used to do was watch TV, like Spanish um, Spanish TV telenovelas, and iron her clothes, or iron her my my dad's clothes. <clears throat> and then and then I was it. So when I'm, I was laying there, she comes back, she goes and she sits down again, and she starts rubbing my hair again. And again, I was like, what happened? And then she was like, what do you mean what happened? I was like, you just left, like, was well, something wrong? And then she was like, no, I just, I didn't leave. I, I haven't been here. And I was like, you were just here. <laughs> you were just like doing this to my hair. And she was like, no, I was not here. Like, this is the first time I come into the room ever since, like, I turned your closet light on. And like, while that happened, she was still rubbing my, touching my forehead. And I grabbed her hand because I freaked out because the person who was touching me before, I could feel nails. My mom doesn't have nails. So I like, I kind of like threw her hand and like I jumped out of the bed and I turned the light on. And I don't know, I was just arguing with her about the chair. I don't want the chair in my room. And I just felt uneasy about it. And we told my dad, my mom, she knew that I was like having paranormal experiences when I was young. But I think this really like, I don't know, maybe solidified it for her. So she didn't want the chair anymore either. And my dad got rid of it the next day. Like it, when I came home from school, it was gone. So that's my crazy story for that. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, it was it, it was wild. And like, it, it's a little traumatizing, but I don't like to pick up anything from the side of the road because of that. Every time I see a mirror, like a lot of people dump mirrors and I'm like, yeah, no, portal to hell. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can see that. We got about two and a half minutes before we need to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, at the top of the hour on Ghosts of the Great White North. You know, uh, Mondo, for you, I mean, do you have a fear of anything? Like Jen has a fear of mirrors. Do you have a fear of anything that uh, could, you know, be told here? Ah, uh, well, a fear of, of anything in the paranormal? No. Um, well, actually, I do. Um, and it's a, it's a story that I'll share when, when we come back from break, but essentially the fear that I have is not being in control of my body and just seeing the, the face of, you know, concern in my wife's face. That's the fear that I have. Like if something was going to oppress him, like basically, Mm -hmm. you can't control that. Do you ever worry about getting attachments or spiritual attacks? It's happened to me twice. So, yeah, I would say yes. What scares you about it? The fact that I don't know what's... It, it, you know what? It, it's kind of like somebody's driving the car and, and they left me at the side of the road. Um, I'm not in control anymore. And I lost like a chunk of time. And the only reason why I know what happened during that time is because of a good friend of ours that was investigating. He was recording. So I saw the playback of, of what happened. And uh, there's a lot of actions that happened that I don't remember doing. Oh, what's it like to lose control like that? It's, it's almost like, going to sleep and waking up after, but being confused as to why people are reacting the way they are. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I, that's probably one of my biggest fears with um, paranormal investigating is attachments, which I've had a few as well, unfortunately, but losing control, not being in control, having something kind of override you. Um, in it, it's horrible because a lot of times you don't remember what happened, or you can kind of this will sound creepy, but you, if it's happening to you, you'll get it. It's almost like something is talking through you in your head. You can hear it when you yeah. when you've been taken over, and that's the whole. I'm very big in controlling my surroundings. If if I don't have that bit of control, then it's like warning flags. All right, we are going to be right back. With our main man, Merle, on Ghosts of the Great White North, and Mondo and Jen from 305 Paranormal as we continue Ghost Ghouls and Goblins leading up to Halloween in just a couple weeks' time. Spaced Out Radio continues with Ghosts of the Great White North right after this. All right, we are clear. Clear. We're flying by. We are. All right, Mondo, you're going to have to tell us your, your attachments and your story when, when we get back. That's yeah, three yeah, stories. Definitely. Hey, Merle, definitely. you haven't made any comments about the names yet. Paradise Merle, welcome to the Jung Merle. <laughs> welcome to the Jung Merle. That's What's great. the next one going to be? Like we'll see. We'll see what Knocking on Merle's door. Who knows? See where it goes. Yeah, I see he has a he clearly has a Guns N' Roses theme tonight. 
Yeah, GNR, GNR <laughs> all the way. <laughs> but yes, you guys know me as Mike. They know me as Merle <clears throat> because that's what Dave calls me. <laughs> but do you? What would you rather me call you, Merle? Whatever you'd like to call me is fine. So Merle originates. It's my middle name. Yeah, I remember you said me. Yeah. There's an um. There's a guy who owns a jail here that we go to. Oh, that we're actually going to go Halloween weekend. Sweet. And he he does like a paracon there, and his name is Henry Lee. So I kept calling him Henry because that was his first name, right? He was like, "Call me Lee." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so now I'm like, "What do you want me to call you?" Because I don't know. Yeah. And he's actually the owner of the jail. Yeah, he's the owner where that story takes place. The story oh, the, of my the yeah the story that yeah Armando was just talking about. You're hopping back on the horse, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so then right after... Oh, we've been there like two times Two after. times after. Oh, dang. <laughs> Which I, yeah. at first we were like, I'm never going back there ever again. Either That soon, it was like three months later. I'm like, okay. I have to go back. <laughs> I have to go back. Like, I literally did. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the next time I think we went was because of Univision, right? That was the last time we just went. Oh, okay. So we had went... What the hell did we go there? We did like a kind of like a quick... Pit stop because we were somewhere else. We went to the. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. What's the name of that place? The Mace Hamilton. Well, was it May Stringer or Hamilton? No. No, we, it was May Stringer we with Joe. Sh- no, right. After Hamilton. We went to May Stringer and then, um, and then we were going to film with um, Univision there. So that was the last time, which was just now. Yeah. Man, I want to come down there and investigate with you guys. There's so many cool places. Oh, yeah. Dude, you have to. Yeah. You have to. You so, guys have a lot of, I mean, Every time I'm looking at you, you have like beautiful places. I'm like, wow. For real. And some of those are so nice. Uh, mostly Washington and then like the interior of British Columbia. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool up here. Very nice. We don't have that uh well at least in South Florida. We don't have like the woods and the right. beautiful nature. And I'm like, guys, oh I love it. It's got the heat. Have the heat. <laughs> is it's it humid? We have the heat lots of it. No, it's humid. It's humid. Oh, nope, nope. Can't do it. It's not like that's terrible. That's what I've I've come to find out. Like later, I just thought everywhere was hot. No, it's just here. Um, <laughs> like it's Vegas, here. they have their their Vegas is like confusing from from what people that that I've talked to that have been there because it'll be like scorching earth during the daytime, and then at nighttime is like as cold as New York is is like what they would tell me. So you have to like take multiple outfits when you go out because you don't know what you're gonna encounter. See, yeah, uh, my perfect temperature is fifty nine degrees, sixty degrees. Anything higher than that, I am not happy. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that that's pretty much how we go to sleep here. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like like a good. Well, I don't know what it would be in American, but eight or nine degrees for for sleeping. Because we're Celsius up here. Yeah. I, I want to know. Yeah, I'm not sure what that would equate to here. Eight or nine. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Forty-six. Oh, forty-six. To sleep? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they're in like yeah, well, super cold. I should sleep outside. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you. Um, remember you had a new haunted object? Yep. Oh yeah. How's that going? Anything You're looking there? at her. Which one of the three? Middle. No. Ooh. Yeah. 
Nice. <laughs> How about the other two? Those two I bought in Spokane, Washington. I don't I don't think they're haunted. Um the one in the middle mm. gives me gives me the creeps. I actually put up a post on Instagram and Facebook asking for for information and advice on it. Um I've smudged it, I've put my intentions into it, and it's just it's preserved, but I just it gives me the heebie jeebies, man. <laughs> yeah. But does it Definitely. like does it cause like knocking or like any type of like weird uh, the cat doesn't like it. If you put it near the cat, it hisses. No. Or runs away. So it's on the wall. She can't see it now. <laughs> wow. Do you have any feelings from it? I was looking at the one that's like right on top of your head, the lady. Oh, her. What do you get from that one? I don't know. She just calls my attention for some reason. I don't know if it's just maybe the contrast, but that's who I keep like eyeing. Those two, their husband and wife, like, mm-hmm. um, there, those photos were from, I think they told me, 1892. And then the one in the middle, that's 1890. That's like early of like that style of photography. Mm. I got to go back and look at that post for her. I remember <laughs> you, the doll, you had the doll one time that you sent me. And I have yeah. that doll back, dude. <clears throat> she's in my okay. truck. <laughs> she's like, she's oh. staying outside. Well, it's raining so hard, and the, and it's like an old 1920s boudoir doll from France. Yeah. And I don't want her to get wet. So I'm like, when it's not right, raining, guys. I will. Hold oh. on right there. A uh, big thank you to Grant Times 2, W. Decker, Lala, and Louie for the super chats. Here we go with the second hour, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now a go. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Gambado. Gambado is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us in the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go with the second hour of Ghosts of the Great White North. Our main man, Merle, is here with a great team from 305 Paranormal down in Florida. We have Mondo and we got Jen. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thanks, Dave. I like my name. I like it, too. <laughs> Take it over, Merle. All right. I was going to get you to sing me a line from it, but okay. We'll just get right to business. Mondo. <laughs> Start off with that story you're going to talk about um, that you're going to say for this top of the hour. All right. So uh, we're we're doing a, well, actually, believe it or not, it's going to be the one-year anniversary of my story. 
we're we're doing this uh, again next weekend. So our good friend of ours, uh, he's the owner of the jail in, in Old Gilcrest County uh, Jail. His name is Lee, and he hosts a, a ParaUnity event. So it's awesome because all of the the local teams from North Florida and and Central Florida they get together, um, and they kind of ex- you know change experiences, uh, tips, things like that. And and um, we were actually guest speakers at that convention, so it was, it was cool to meet. Um, some of these people that you talk to uh, online and, and see some of their evidence, it's, it was cool to see them face to face. So we happened to do an investigation at the jail with some of the other groups. And I'm not sure what happened, what transpired, but it seemed like some, some folks from a different group may have set like ill intentions um, because that location got negative. Uh, so when we were doing our investigation, we were kind of sitting in like a U-shape is the best way I can describe it. So on one side of the U, it's me and Joe. We're sitting on the same uh, area. Then on the top portion of the U, you will see uh, Jenny and our friend Steve's uh, daughter, Reese. And then on the third side of the U is Steve, and he's filming us directly. When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers Very Berry, some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season with the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic 2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyU.com. That's SoClearlyU.com. Sotic 2 Decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic 2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic 2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tic2 inhibits Tic2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if Sotic2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. So we're doing an investigation to see who we can speak with. Um, and we're doing an EVP session and not getting much responses except for like screaming and yelling, things of that nature. Um, so what we were doing, Joe and I, not even knowing that that's what we were doing, but the, we were kind of like 
closing our eyes and trying to visualize to see if we can speak with spirit. Um, and that's when thing, things started going wrong. It felt like eerily cold in there, like really bad. And I'm starting to like shake. I'm trying to shake to try to warm myself up, uh, trying to rub my legs just to get warm. And Jenny notices and she's like, what's wrong with you? I can hear the noises while you're yeah, doing the EVP. Because we're doing the EVP session. I'm like, could you stop moving? Because, and, no, he's like, it's freezing in here. I'm like, yeah. no, it's not. It's freaking hot. And and I'm telling her, I'm freezing him. I'm freezing. It's super cold. And it wasn't until she like kind of like puts her hand by me and she's like, why is it this cold? Yeah. Like that cold draft, it started from them too. Cause that's the, the that spirit that was that I guess we were responding to um was trying to kind of like latch onto them. And since I was right next to Joe, who's next to him, Joe's in the middle, I can reach out and I can feel like a cool draft. I can start to feel it. But where I'm at, it's still hot, and everybody's in shorts. It's like in the summer—not well, the summer. It's now in October, but October here in Miami is like still hot. 90 degrees. Yeah. Like it's super hot. Yeah. And by the time everything that happened to him finished, this place was like a meat locker. Like it was literally freezing, mm-hmm. and I've never experienced anything like that. That that was wild. So then. Um... Yeah, I start visualizing. So I close my eyes and I started concentrating, looking at the third eyes as you heard know. Um, oh, my eyes. <laughs> and I started visualizing. And the best way I can describe it for anybody that's ever watched uh, the animated show The Simpsons, the very first thing that you see is the intro when they're going through Springfield and and whatnot. But the very first character you see is Bart, right? And what it looks like is Bart is in detention and he's writing like on the chalkboard, I will not throw paper at the teacher or whatever it is that he's writing. Because in every episode, it changes what he writes. Um, So what I ended up seeing was essentially, I'm not without cursing, but it was F.U., and it was it wasn't my hand. It was just like a, a it looked like a different hand, but it kept I kept seeing it write the letters. And I looked it just so happened to look at the right, and it looked like for yards on end, hmm. it was just already written F U F U F U F U F U. That's when the aggression started because it's like, why are you? Why am I visualizing this? Why are you showing me this? I'm coming to you with respect. Um, from then on, that's when things start getting a little spotty. I don't remember. So according to the video, the next thing that happened that I don't remember, I kind of put my hand, my hands on my face like that. And I'm like rubbing my face. And I don't remember doing that. Um they're asking me if I'm okay, and I'm giving them super short answers. They can already tell, like, something is wrong because my demeanor changed, the way how I talk. I'm 
kind of like uh, I like to like joke around and and have a good time. Um, that's just my character. I've always been like that. It turned into something else. Um, visually, what you were seeing in the camera and what they saw live under my eyes was black. My eyes got black, and sometimes I think you you said that you couldn't even see like the the white in my eye. Yeah, everything was like yeah. really dark, like raccoon eyes, like yeah. so dark. Um, and he in, looked pissed in the playback. In the playback of, of that video, it just looked black. You couldn't tell. Um, <clears throat> Actually, in the playback, for your face, like his face is... Steve will move the camera around to Joe and to him, and Joe sitting right next to him. His face was always, like, um, distorted. Clear. Like, it would never, like, focus. It was, it was like, moving a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think even my facial structures didn't even look yeah, the same. Um, and then what Joe, so I'm experiencing this. What Joe's experiencing is what looks like it was trying to attach to him first. Um, and Joe was like, I don't give you permission to get in front of me or be around me. You do not have permission. So it, it appears like it wasn't successful with him so naturally i'm gonna go to the next person joe's experience of all of this after when he opened his eyes he saw how i was he felt like i was gonna punch him at any moment like he felt the aggression the lastly of the things that i don't remember so jenny's already noticed i'm off Um, we're doing the EVP session and she's like, Hey, let's take a break. And I tell her, no, I don't want to take a break. I want to keep going. I want to know what's affecting me, but I'm being aggressive with how I said it. And my two, one of my prized possessions, uh, my go-to devices are my, my Panasonic DR sixties for doing EVPs. I slammed them to the table. And I was like, no, I want to keep going. And Jenny had to, like, force me out of there. Hmm. It wasn't until I walked out of the the room and into the outside that I finally felt like I had control. So even I don't even remember getting up and walking out of the doorway. Like, I didn't I wasn't in control at that point in time. It wasn't until I walked out. That I was in outside breathing like outside air that I felt like, all right, I'm back in control. Um, we we had a, done us a, a practice where she saged me and we said some some prayers of three of us together. And and I felt like I was back in control. Um, but it took a lot out of me. Uh, so the rest of the night, I just. I was just there. I, I was very tired. I was just falling asleep, standing up, sitting down, laying down. It didn't matter. I was dying to fall asleep. Um, I couldn't carry anything. It just it just took it all out of me. Drained. I was completely drained. Yeah. You know, when you see your phone and you're 
it's almost done and it's like, hey, 5% until it's dead. That's I felt like I was at my 5% at that point. Um, and that experience, that was, that was the worst experience that ever happened to me. But seeing the, seeing the video and seeing how concerned Joe and, and, and Jenny were that, yeah, that made me feel like depressed because it was, it's kind of like that unwritten rule when you're married, like the husband's always supposed to protect the wife. How am I supposed to do that if I'm not even in control of myself? So going back to the question, that is my greatest fear is seeing the look on her face and not being able to control or at least to tell her, hey, I'm, I'm OK. Don't worry about me. I'm all, I'm all right. I, I couldn't do that. Hmm. That would be I, I could, I think, especially when you see yourself in that situation, like with a video, it kind of kind of puts you in check a little bit of things get real and they get real right quick. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's very true. I mean, that's a real experience mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't understand if it doesn't happen to them. I mean, we think about ghost hunting. I mean, even people who come on my tours, you know, they think we have people hiding behind walls and who are going to jump out behind doorways and yell boo, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, they expect to see, you know, some C- CGI image of a of an old person in a rocking chair or something like that. But when you get attacked and you get uh, your butt kicked spiritually by an entity that is upset with you, I mean, you lose all control of your body functions. I had that happen just a few weeks ago uh, at our mm-hmm. tour. And, you know, the dry heaving, the the wanting to vomit, the uncontrollable uh, urges that you have with your body. Like all of a sudden your arms are like flailing and twitching and you're keeling over. I mean, it's not a very comfortable feeling when something attacks you. And, you know, for people who say it doesn't happen, you don't want it to happen, Merle. Yeah, no. No, you don't. And sometimes no matter what protection you have or what intent you have, They'll still get you. They'll still they'll still send a message. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said earlier about different teams with different techniques, where sometimes they're ill intent or they're there just for the scare factor or to wind things up. Those spirits can take that out on you, even even if you're there with respect and, and good intent. They're still mm-hmm. elevated and, and upset, and they can't tell us. They just think, oh, great, there's another person coming in to talk to us how this other person did. And and a lot of times I think I think that's what is happening with situations like that. Yeah. And, and it just goes to show we've done that location two other times. Um, just another time because the owner is a friend of ours at this point. Uh, so just to check up on him, see how he's doing. And then the second time that we were there, uh, we filmed uh, a segment for a Spanish uh, television channel called uh, a Univision. And it's for a, a show called Primer Impacto, which is essentially like their global news. Uh, so we do a paranormal segment with them maybe, you know, uh, from time to time. At an average of maybe every three to four months or so, give or take. 
Um, so they wanted to go with us to the jail. And the, those two times, it was completely positive. Yeah. We never had, we never encountered whatever that was again. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Why do you guys do what you do? I personally do it, or I've always, you know, I guess growing up with paranormal experiences, I used to say that everywhere I went, paranormal, something was following me. Until now, I just think that I'm kind of like a night house, and they know that I know, and maybe they just pop up. Not that something follows me, but they just know that I can tell, or maybe I can sense them or or eventually see them. Um, I'm interested in learning, like, about the different parts of the paranormal of like the, you know, dimensions, different types of spirits. Why does this happen to certain people or why spirits do the things they do <laughs> or, and what happens to us possibly like when we die. And that's always been my fascination as far as for the paranormal. What is your mm-hmm. take then on teams out there who, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it when I ask this, but, I'll say it because I, I put it on my Facebook the other day. Well, how do you how do you confuse a paranormal team? You ask them what they do with their evidence, right? <laughs> and Merle and I and and Jake Rice always have a good laugh at this, you know. But there's a lot of teams out there who have no clue what to do with their evidence. You ask them, "What do you do with your evidence?" Well, we we go over it. Okay. Well, what do you do with it after that? Well, what do you mean? I mean, all of a sudden you can see this giant question mark that's now floating over top of their heads. And I loved your answer, Jen, because you're doing this to try and solve some mysteries here. You're you're doing this to try and move the ball forward. And I and I think that's commendable with a lot of, of paranormal teams out there where the majority of them have no idea what to do with their evidence, let alone what they're even trying to find. Just for the thrill of it, I guess. Yeah. Me, I, I, I generally want to like learn, you know, and I ask different things from like different people all around the world. Like I love talking to people like in England and getting their experiences and maybe what type of spirit, like a gin or some type of like lore, what they have and like how that compares maybe to like what we have over here or something like all that fascinates me. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that's good. I think, I think that's good that you are comparing your evidence with other teams because so many teams out there are literally, you know, they don't want to talk to you. They want to do their own thing. And, and cause they're going to be the team of the state or the province or, or what have you. And, you know, I don't know how many times I laugh over, over something like this, because I think it gives the paranormal a, a black eye. I really do. When you're not sharing evidence or you're not comparing evidence, hey, Merle, have you ever had this happen? And I'm like, hey, I've never had that happen. That's something new. What caused that situation? I mean, these are questions that need to be solved in order to move yeah. the ball forward. And in the end, and it's weird how much I'm, I think I'm in the minority of this, Shouldn't we all be kind of pushing the fact of what is there after we live? Isn't that the point? If ghosts yeah, are yeah. dead people, shouldn't we be trying to figure out where the hell they are, what they're doing there, what it's all about? Rather than 
What time of the night did you die? And can you knock on my wall three times, please? <laughs> yeah. You know, one question I like to ask is, um, can you see us? Like, I'll oh. ask that during AVPS. Like, what is it that you see? Do you see us? Um, do you see in color? Do you see black and white? Yeah, that's, you know, that's something we're What year is it about. for you or something? Because, you know, they say time is not a thing in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get like this right year. Sometimes we don't get, it'll be like spring or something. I don't know. And I'm here and it's October. So it's just, it's kind of neat to see what responses we get back. And one thing I appreciate that, that Mundo said earlier was um, how he actually takes the time or took the time to establish a relationship this spirit that had kind of a bad rap and you're trying to tell his side of the story i think there needs to be more of that like that's something that i do as well i won't go to a location until i know the players of the house or who passed away around there or house or property because instead of saying come at me bro or bro who's here i would rather talk to who lived there and try and get their story yeah and Mm -hmm. and it's awesome that, that that you did that and do that yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's just it it seems like it's we've lost that. We lost that whole going in there with respect and I don't I don't why are we doing that? If if we wouldn't do that to the living, why why are we doing that to the to the spirits? You know, you don't go out there intentionally looking to go fight somebody. So why are you doing that to spirits? I, I like one thing I've just noticed is I look at people's intent too. There's a lot of people doing it for for views or likes or, but like I, I think I'm more on the research side of things. Like I love putting photos up because I love showing showing pictures or or whatever. But like I never provoke to like get a view, mm-hmm. and, I, and and I think that gives us a bad rap. As paranormal people. Well, I mean, it's just like the same guy who was on my tour, you know, this past weekend, where his entire goal, his entire goal was to run the event because he was the only one who knew how to do it. That's it. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall with you there, Dave. Oh, oh, (laughs) thank God he wasn't in my group. That's all I have to say is thank God he wasn't in my group. But uh, Mongo? Jen, Merle, hold on one more time because we do have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Mondo and Jen from 305 Paranormal in Florida talking ghosts with our main man, Merle, on Ghosts of the Great White North. What spooks you out? Have you lived in a haunted house? Got any ghosts, ghouls, goblins around the office? Spaced Out Radio continues after this. All right, we're clear. Fun Ghost times. Ghouls in the office. That's good. Next week, um, we're going to investigate my coworker's house. I know she's not Ooh. listening, so I can say it. Um, Is it a surprise for her? <laughs> no, no. She, 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 called, she called us in, and um, there's a murder in her house three years oh, ago wow. before they moved in. Oh, my. I don't know if I would. Was in the news, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's just curious to see. Has she gotten any? I mean, has stuff kicked up or something? 
Uh, the dog acts funny, but other than that, no, nothing. Like zero. Now, is she have ever thought about now you going in there investigating might bring something about? I have had that conversation with her. Okay. <laughs> She's like, bring it. <laughs> yep. She uh, essentially is what, yeah. And so and you're doing that next week? Yeah. Oof. Because uh, they say that's like a, supposedly closer you get to Halloween, like thinning of the veil, right? Yeah. So see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> She's like, can can we bring out the Ouija board too? I'm like, no. We're oh, she wants to go full in. Oh, it's hey, Halloween season, right? Got to be spooky. You, you know what? <laughs> It's amazing, you know. I had a I had a young lady on on one of my private tours that we did, and this this young lady is connected. Okay, she is just like she's one of these spirits that that just absolutely shines, but she can't see the shine, even though she knows all this paranormal stuff is happening. So she's like, "Hey, I would love to work with you on this." And, and I ask the question, doesn't matter, male, female, whoever comes up to me. When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers. Some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season with the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotictu for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic2 is the only once-daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. And the first question I usually ask is, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Because I'm not somebody who could just teach you about the paranormal or the cryptids or, or UFOs. If you're going to go down the rabbit hole, I mean, let's freaking go, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy who's going to hold your hand and, and, and take you down to Paradise City, right? And, <laughs> and the grass green? I love it. Well, the grass, the grass the name is changed. <laughs> the name change and then that line is great. <laughs> yeah. So, so the point is, I'm like, okay, well, when do you want to meet? Because I want to go through, sit down, have a coffee with you, and 
I want to know what you're all about. Why do you want to do this? Because when you go down the rabbit hole, there's no turning back. You can't just say, oh, that that's enough, and that's it, that's all. doesn't work that way. And, uh, and so we made plans to go for, sit down for a coffee and like two hours before, oh, I can't make it. My dog is sick. My family dog is sick. Who's at her parents' house? And then the next, I'm like, okay, well, I have between one and three tomorrow open because I have to prepare for a ghost tour. Do you have time to sit down then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Another message. I can't. I promised a friend I'd go out of town shopping with her. You know, and and you get these people who it's to the point where I just I just messaged her and I said, "You're not ready. You're not ready and don't waste my time. My time is very limited and I'll always uh, have time for people who need help." Okay? Yeah. But I will not have my time wasted. I just won't. No. Yeah, not here to be what like how we like to dub it. We're not here to be the Saturday night entertainment, you know. We're here to really help people out. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And if you have excuses that you don't want the help, I'm not gonna help you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean if I'm putting out my time to help you out. You better freaking show up. Yeah. All right. That was nice. It reminds me of that time, Merle, uh, as we, we only got about uh, 30 seconds, but it always reminds me of the time, and I use this as an example of it, where you got, invite, you got invited to these people's houses to investigate, <laughs> and they, they invited all their friends over to watch you guys investigate, thinking it was an, an entertainment night. You know? That's uh, horrible. Okay, one second here. Thank you to Louis times two, W Decker, Grant times two, and la 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 bright for the great super chats. Don't forget you can shop at our spaced out radio store. We do not have ugly swag, people. Nothing's ugly there. You'll want to wear it. And here we go. Here we go with the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. So good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us in the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. All right, final half hour with Ghosts of the Great White North. Our main man, Merle, from the Paranormal Road Trippers out of Vancouver, British Columbia, is here. And about 4,000 miles away, 305 Paranormals, Mondo and Jen... (laughs) Thank you for taking this literally <laughs> continent to continent or right across the continent, coast to coast. Yeah. 
from so, the from the great north all the way to the down south. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I actually got a question sent to me um, while we were on our break there. Has there ever been an investigation either of you have been on where you're like, that's it, I can't do this anymore? Like, almost throwing the towel. To me, me no, either. Um, it, hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. Um, I hope to God it never does. But what I we always tell each other if we ever ever feel a little down or anything like that is just to stay firm and and you know we know what we're here to do we're here to be respectful we're here to to have a conversation and we're not here to antagonize anybody living or or spiritual um so as long as we do that we're we're fine and we hold our ground if if there's these uh, bully spirits that, you know, all they want to say is get out or F you or whatever. No, we're firm. Hey, spirit, uh, we're here with respect. That's all I want back from you. Let's have a real conversation now and go from there. What advice do you have for people wanting to get into this field? Mm. Um. Well, the advice I would have is depending on if you want to go on it on your own or if you want to join a team. If you want to join a team, I would say research your your local city or town and see if there's an event that you can go to that's hosted by a paranormal group and see if you like them after the event and, and see if they have any open uh, positions available. And, and that way you can join a team. Um, if you're looking to do this on your own, uh, just I I urge you to please do some research. Um, a lot of people, well, in general, we live in a microwave society. Uh, we watch Ghost Adventures. We watch um, Destination Fear or Project Fear, as they're called now, or Ghost Hunters or whatever, whatever a paranormal show you like to watch. And you see that they gather a whole bunch of evidence in 20 minutes. It's not like that in the real life. Sometimes you'll be investigating for eight, 10 hours and maybe have like two minutes worth of evidence to have for the night. You got to understand that that is a, a possibility. And what I always tell folks is paranormal investigating is, is kind of like fishing, if you will. You're going out there to kind of disconnect from reality, have fun, uh, fish, and hopefully you get something. Maybe there's going to be times that you get coolers full of fish. Maybe there's times that you only come back with one or two fish. But you go out there with the intent of having fun and and see what you get and and go from there. I love that. I love that. It's not all the time you're going to get anything. You can just sit there in a room for like an hour and be like, nothing's happening. Okay. Uh And people hate that. Yeah. Have you guys ever collected physical evidence like ectoplasm or, or any type of, of evidence that just was physical rather than on tape or on camera? No, I'm only thing like I can say closest, but it was on camera. I've, so I like to do is like ask spirit to like show themselves and I'll take like a set of photos. So I've had shadows come out like that, 
but like that's not on camera or on video. Um, no, like um, I've seen what is, this was recent too. We went to this place called the Old Arcadia Opera House and we were in the backstage, which seems to have a uh, different type of energy than anywhere else. Like, I don't know, it's weird. There's multiple spirits there from kids to whatever is back there in that stage. Um, while we were back there in the dark, I saw what was a green ball or like a light. It was pretty big. Like it swooped down and the, he and Joe didn't see it. I don't know how they didn't see it because it was like one of those bright and we're like in pitch black. And I saw it like right in front of my face. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, you guys saw that? They're like, no. I was like, how am I seeing that? You're not seeing that. But he ended up seeing it somewhere else in the back of the stage still. Mm-hmm. Um, what color was it for you? Was it green? Also? It was green. It was green. And it, was, it was like the size of maybe like a softball. So yeah, it, was it, was, it was pretty big. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it was insane. So that opera house, um, it was an opera house that was destroyed with Hurricane Ian that, that passed by uh, last year. And the good folks there, they remodeled it. Uh, it's called the Herd Opera House now. Um, please check them out. They're they're trying to yeah, to to you know build it back up, and not only just the opera house itself. They're trying to build up the town. Uh, so please uh, check them out. Uh, it's an awesome location. Uh, Danny and and uh, Chrissy, uh, they're the owners of the of the opera house. Um, but yeah, it, the night that we went. It was an awesome setup. So when we were investigating the back, it was it just so happened to be the one year anniversary of the building being destroyed, partially destroyed. Uh, what happened with the Hurricane Ian? It actually imploded the windows, um, and due to the pressure of the winds that were that were going into the building, it actually knocked out the back wall of the backstage area. So it was just nothingness. You just were able to look out. It looked like a huge window. Um, So they were able to repair it. But it was the one-year anniversary of the hurricane. There was a storm that night that we did the investigation and the trifecta full moon. So it was just rampant energies. When we went, we didn't know it was a one-year anniversary of that storm. She told us when we got it because she was like, I guess she was uh, the late, the owner. Mm-hmm. She felt really nervous. We could have kind of brought her back to how, how much damage it was that, that year, last year. And I don't know, she, she was very anxious. And the activity was like super ramped up. That place is great, though. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever investigated Robert the Doll? No, I've been there. I've seen him in person. What's it like? Yeah. Creepy. I just, uh, okay, so I have a little story on that. I went there like at, as soon as that museum opened. So it might have been like 9 or 10 in the morning. I was going to leave Key West anyways that weekend. And it was me and a best friend of mine. And we're like, all right, we're going to check it out because it's on the, on the leaving end of Key West. And we were making fun of each other because we were like, are you going to ask permission, this and that? And I started reading the letters that I don't think they do that anymore. But back then they had letters covered all over this like room of people apologizing to Robert. And I was like, this is crazy. And I just sat there for like 30 minutes reading all these letters. And I was like, oh, I don't know that I started getting like 
uncomfortable. And I was like, this is kind of nuts with this. I think uh, there's so much energy going into that doll already just with that. I don't know if that, I don't know, gives it that much power, I guess. But there was another couple, an older couple who came in after while we were still in that room. We were there for like a good minute reading everything and just looking at the doll. And I didn't think um, he looked like if you touched it, it would just go. Because it's like this very old, weird fabric. It's weird when you see it in person. But it's in a, it was in a glass case. And um, this older lady, she had came in and she was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, talking about the doll. And out of nowhere, she didn't say anything. She was like, she started snapping photos. And I, I can see, like, I kind of just, like, sat there, like, to see what would happen. I kid you not, the lights in that room turned off. Oh, and I was like, holy crap, this shit is real. And I was like, and in my head, <laughs> I told my friend, I was like, like, if I'm talking to Robert, I was like, it's not me. I'm not with them. I'm not with them. I'm not with them. <laughs> Don't come at me. <laughs> Yeah, and then she just, she didn't even notice it. Like, she just so oblivious. She just kept on walking through, and I was just like, oh, great. And she was on the like, news that night. We're going to freaking, <laughs> our tires going to blow off, like, driving back or something. Yeah. And then you get a lot of those stories in, on the letters. It was like, I got a car accident. My tire blew out. Like, people, like, had a, they lost their job. You know, it's just kind of wild, let's just say. Weird. Weird. That doll, I, that's if there's one doll I want to see, it is that one. Mm-hmm. It, it is that one, and and it, to me, it just uh, it it epitomizes. I mean, Annabelle is great, you know, because of the history behind you know the Warrens and and their investigations around Annabelle. But to me, Robert the doll just seems to be a whole different level of of woo that you know that people do not want to experience and the thousands of letters that they have because people want to see if the legend is real and the bad stuff that starts happening to them if that isn't convincing enough just ask the doll to take permit for permission that's all you need to do i know like I did, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna snap your picture now on a count of three, and I like, I counted down, and in my head, I was like, this is ridiculous, but then, <laughs> whatever, I'm here. Yeah, hey, you don't want to suffer the consequences. I'd rather do of that than find out later. You know what yeah, I'm <laughs> the old what if, right? Never know. Yeah. But I, I, so going back to what I was, what I was saying, like, what if you all that intention going towards that doll manifests that? Awesome. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know. I think the creepiest thing about that doll is how did the lion get in the curio cabinet that was locked? I don't know, but that lion is super cute. <laughs> I swear, that's probably the cutest thing about that doll is that little lion. Now, now, if I'm correct, Merle, I'm not sure if you know the story or not, but if I'm correct, there was actual video footage, not of Robert leaving, but of something weird happening where the door was open and then Robert was gone. And then a few minutes later, Robert appeared back in there. The door was closed and locked and he had the lion with him. I don't, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the story um, off the top of my head with, with that one. But, but yeah, I, I think that there's something, something spooky has happened with him. Well, I remember a story where, 
Um, they took Robert the doll out of uh, Fort East Martello um, in, in the Keys. They took him out uh, so that Zach can do the uh, the episode for the the Haunted Possessions or something like that. I, I believe it's the name of his show. But while they were in, they, he was, you know, interviewing the doll. East Martello was going crazy because Robert the doll wasn't there. So it looked like the energies of everything else that was in there did not like that Robert wasn't there. And the, they had called the, the person. They're like, hey, we, we need him back. <laughs> we need him back before something bad happens here. I, I wonder, because of all the people that come see him from around the world, if all that anticipation energy is just embedded there, or even the fear. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't. I want to go see him, Dave. Let's go. Yeah, well, that that's a road trip that we need to do, man. That's totally yep. a, a road trip that we need to do. You know, and when you come, guys. Come and visit Robert. Don't yeah, forget you your friends. Please uh, take me with you. Three hundred five paranormal. Oh my god, <laughs> that is Q-S, very. Um, the original church that's there. They had the original cemetery, and they ended up moving it to what's now Key West Cemetery. But um, when they had like, they that place would flood, and bodies would literally be like floating on the street. Mm-hmm. Like that's. I mean, that place is just pure energy everywhere. Yeah, because if, for folks that don't know, Florida is technically like underwater, underwater, sure. <laughs> we're below sea level. Oh, I, wow. It was it's like us in New Orleans that are like in that predicament. Yeah. When you guys go out on an investigation, are you mm-hmm. prepared for the bad to happen? Are you prepared for? the negative to happen? Are you prepared for uh, the storyline that you were following, which led you to that location? Or are you going in cold? Um, Say for certain locations, maybe like a bed and breakfast or like some type of building. What I try to do now, like the Heard Opera House, I don't research the place because Mm -hmm. since I do kind of try to get like clairvoyant impressions of the location, I'll try to see what I pick up and make a note of it and see what I get afterwards. Um, and that's been working for me. Um, as far as for being prepared for something negative, I always go, like I I do my, I guess my protection prayer and like intent before I go to any location. And because I just don't want anything negative to attach to me or him. Mm-hmm. I don't need no hitchhikers back. Have you guys... Especially ever, because we have kids, so... Yeah, that's, we that's have why. kids, so it's always... Everything we do is <clears throat> got to be considering them first before yeah. anything else. Have you guys ever had other encounters outside while, or inside while you're conducting a paranormal investigation? Example, at my museum in 2018, Merle was there when they actually caught a picture of an alien standing in one of our buildings like a, uh, an alien gray have you ever well, encountered um, something along those lines no Ooh, no Mm-mm. i mean 
your typical we get the shadow figures we get disembodied voices and things like that but nothing we've never come across like aliens or any cryptids or bigfoot or that's crazy you know, anything like that that's that that's awesome too you got a combo that night <laughs> I, I, I couldn't explain it because I'm not. I'm not well versed in the alien realm, and we were just taking a bunch of photos with my full spectrum. It's just a full spectrum point and shoot, just getting the photos right. And um, the investigator, he was. He took a. I was with him. He took a ton of photos with my camera, and going through them at home, I was like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And it looks like looks like an, I. I'll say it, Dave. It looks like an alien. We caught your. We caught a gray, didn't we? I wasn't there when it happened. I've got the photo, Mm -hmm. you know, but I wasn't there when it happened. You know, the big thing uh, for, for me was... When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers... Some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season with the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic2 is the only once-daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tic2 inhibits Tic2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tic2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. I mean, you were using, and I apologize, I don't know the kind of camera it was, but it has that pink purple type of hue to it and you guys had taken like 500 photos and this photo was almost in the middle where it didn't flash it was still you know like night vision Mm -hmm. and when you zoom in on the photo in the one doorway there's the giant alien head standing there at about six feet tall it's really bizarre yeah (laughs) Have you ever tried to? I was going to ask you that. Have you ever tried to like actively investigate for aliens? Period. Me? No. I, I've gone on a ride along with. I guess. Well, I guess yes. You know. I know yes, you did I, that recently. Yeah. Yeah, saw that, yeah. Um. The we that's Dave's wheelhouse. Now we're going down Alien Alley with Dave. He's the alien guy. I know. Dave, have you ever investigated for aliens? Uh, I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Uh, Plead the fifth. 
All I know is that there are some very strange places out there when you think you're looking for Sasquatch and all of a sudden other things decide to make their presence that you aren't prepared for. No, but that's what they say that they, every time, if you're looking for a Sasquatch or Bigfoot, that there is um, aliens around. I've heard that like a few times already. There is always aliens around and it's whether or not they choose to present themselves in that situation is where things get interesting. That's, pretty much what I can say about that. I mean, I have, I have had encounters where, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm out looking for Bigfoot and all of a sudden uh, a UFO appears right in front. And the minute I pull out my phone to take a picture of it, the triangle, two of the lights on the triangle disappear. Like just blip right out. So I think that's why I, I strongly believe that the way things are going we're going to be learning there's going to be a lot more people investigating soon that the entire phenomena is connected one way or another. We just haven't figured it out yet. So if you're out ghost hunting, there's a good chance that there's going to be UFOs flying over. If you are out looking for cryptids, you could have a paranormal experience or a UFO experience or a fairy experience at the same time. Why does it happen that way? I don't know. It, it's like the energy presents itself that way. No. Wow. Frequency. Mm-hmm. We've had a fake experience during a paranormal investigation, so yeah, that was weird. The fake, <laughs> it was a yeah. first. I'll say that. Definitely. Yeah. But one day Merle's going to come around. He's going to start loving his UFOs and aliens. <laughs> he, you know, he's going to start You're loving the paranormal his guy. You're the alien guy. We all have superpowers. Well, your superpower is learning about aliens, buddy. All right. Two minutes to go, Merle. I'm turning it over to you. Where can we find you guys? What do you guys got going on over the next while here? So during spooky season. It's spooky season. Well, next on Halloween weekend, we're going up to Gilchrist County, and we're doing the Paracon and Para Unity over there with uh, Lee and his jail. And this Friday, tell them about this Friday. This Friday, we're going to be going to the Deering Estate. It's a, a location that's very important <clears throat> to me because that's actually the first location I ever investigated and actually made me love paranormal investigating. Um, so we're going to be doing that location. And it's cool because it's for a, a, a middle school uh, forensics class. Um, and, and just to see... They're interested um, faces and, and yeah. you know, they're... they're paranormal I, side of forensics. Maybe 305 Paranormal can, you know, show that love to the, the new generation and, and potentially future paranormal investigators. Yeah, it's very cool. That's awesome. And your socials. Yeah, so uh, we are 305 Paranormal. You can find us on IG. I was going to say spelled out 305. Oh, 305 uh, Paranormal. You can find us on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on MySpace, AOL. Um, 
on MySpace. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, aim. Um, okay. And then you can find me uh, as Mr. 305 Paranormal on Instagram. Uh, there I do have, um, I talk about paranormal. I share some um, evidence there as well. But it's kind of the other things that makes uh, Mondo tick. So um, I'm very into my local uh, sports teams, the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Heat, uh, the Marlins into Miami, uh, etc. I'm very into anime. So I love Dragon Ball, One Piece, Bleach, Sneakers. Come check us out. All right. 305 Paranormal Mondo and Jen, thank you for coming on Spaced Out Radio. Merle, we'll talk to you in a month, my friend. Coming up next, Hour 3 starts with Steve Stockton and Among the Missing. Then little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Good show, guys. Good show. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, guys. No, thank Thank you. you. It went by fast. Yeah, <laughs> it went by super fast. And I'm sorry about my voice. Just I just want to say again, uh, well, thank you, Dave, for having us on. Oh, and, thank you. And Meryl, this year, um, you you don't know this, but you kicked off the year for us. You were the very first person that interviewed us, and and we've come a long way. And I just want to say thank you from the very first time to now. Yeah. You've always been amazing. Uh, thank you. So yeah, man. Thank you, thank you for your support. You guys are awesome. You, (laughs) thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, all All right, right, guys. Take care, care. guys. Have a great night. Thank you, all the guests. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, Merle. Talk soon, buddy. Au revoir. Knocking on Merle's door. There we go. All right, I'll be right back, guys.
warm in here. CS, how are you? Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Grant times two, Louie times two, Kira, la, 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 bright, and W. Decker. Renee, how are you? Don't forget to shop at our Spaced Out Radio store and our website. We do not have ugly swag, people. We got stuff you actually want to wear. It's real nice. Here we go with our three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Our number three of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Gambado. Gambado is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Now, it is that time of the night where we kick off hour number three with our good friend Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. And now, the Nevada Triangle. The Nevada Triangle, also known as the Nevada Desert Triangle, is in the western United States and connects Las Vegas, Reno, and Fresno. This area has gained notoriety due to the mysterious disappearances of planes that have occurred there throughout the years. According to thorough research and documentation, over 2,000 planes have crashed in the region from Reno to Las Vegas and Fresno, California, though some experts dispute the actual number. Many of these incidents occurred between the late 1960s and the 1990s. The pilots involved in these crashes were either discovered later, confirmed to have passed away, or disappeared without a trace. Steve Fawcett, a well-known explorer and aviator, took off in a super decathlon from a small Nevada airstrip on November 3, 2007, but seemingly disappeared without a trace. Despite extensive search and rescue operations that lasted for weeks and cost approximately $700,000, Fawcett was not found until more than a year later. A hiker stumbled upon his scattered ID cards along a trail. A few days later, the crash site was discovered, approximately 65 miles from where the aviator initially took off. Two bones were later recovered a half mile from the crash site, which were found to belong to Steve Fawcett. 
Numerous theories have been suggested to clarify the disappearances occurred in the region. These theories vary from human mistakes and mechanical failures to inexplicable happenings like magnetic abnormalities, unidentified flying objects, and even the possibility of government concealment. Nevertheless, these disappearances probably occurred due to pilot errors, rugged landforms, and sudden, unpredictable weather occurrences. Regarding Fawcett's case, the NTSB determined that he faced a substantial downdraft of approximately 400 miles an hour, which was too powerful for his decathlon to withstand. Next up, Pyramid Lake. In 1844, John C. Fremont named Pyramid Lake in western Nevada after a unique pyramid-shaped rock formation. It is a remnant of ancient Lake Lahontan, which existed during the last ice age and covered a significant portion of northwestern Nevada. The lake has clear water, unusual ecosystems, and impressive rock formation. The salinity is approximately one-sixth of that of seawater. An article was written by Brian Bauhaus of the Sierra Nevada Ally in 2020 about the disappearance of Ryan Osberg and Bob Glennon. The two had gone fishing on Pyramid Lake in January 2016, but never returned. Despite regional authorities' efforts to locate them, they were unsuccessful. The families then turned to Bruce's Legacy for help, a volunteer organization led by certified scuba divers Bruce and Keith Cormican. In 2016, after negotiating with the Pyramid Lake Paiute tribe, Cormican was permitted to search for the missing fishermen. With the help of sonar, he located both bodies 130 feet underwater. Ongoing research is underway to discover the causes behind missing persons at Pyramid Lake. Some experts suggest that the lake's erratic weather patterns and water conditions could play a role in accidents and disappearances. Additionally, the rugged terrain encompassing the lake can make locating and saving distressed individuals challenging. Some speculate that supernatural or paranormal factors may be at play, while others attribute it to mishaps or criminal activity. Pyramid Lake attracts many outdoor enthusiasts and tourists, but visitors should be cautious of potential hazards in the area. And a big thank you to Steve Stockton for coming on in once again with another weird, strange story. If you want more like that, all you have to do is go over to youtube.com forward slash among the missing and make things happen right there by hitting subscribe. All right, from the mysterious to the more mysterious UFO talk with little Timmy Senor. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Good to see you, my man. Always a pleasure to have you back on Spaced Out Radio. How you been doing? I've been doing good, buddy. It's uh, good to see you back from your rock and roll vacation. How are you doing? I am. That? I'm ready to do it again, to be honest. You know, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I was actually looking through some video footage that I had uh, from the concert and just watching my little guy rock out, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing to to watch him enjoy the music, the sound of Guns N' Roses, because, you know, we want to make sure that we teach the boy right. That's right. 
How was it introducing him to the Gunners? It was fantastic. Just fantastic. I was very happy, very pleased with with how it went. You know, and uh, he was just, you know, he his favorite song is Night Train. Okay. Oh, great. And, yeah. and yeah. so during the concert, what they do is they actually blow a train horn twice. And all of a sudden he was like, dad, is this it? I'm like, you got it, son. And he, and he was just, woo, 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 you know, just going crazy over it, which was pretty amazing. It was, uh, I love that. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was a good moment for me as a parent, as a, uh, you know, like, like just watching him you know, rock out and, and have a good time and hanging his head. Oh yeah. He was loving it, dude. He was, he was loving it, you know, getting into it. I just, yeah. Like I said, proud dad moment, proud dad. That's fantastic. Uh, Doug Shelby. Did they do estranged? Yes. They did not do my Michelle or I used to love her, but they did play. Uh, a lot of songs that uh, I hadn't heard in a long time. Uh, I, you know, I never heard them play uh, "Bad Obsession" or "Double Talking Jive" or or "Hey, Pretty um, Tied Up." I need to go and uh, check on a family member real quick. Yeah, you go. Um, when you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season. Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season. With the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotictu for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotictu is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotictu today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotictu decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotictu. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotictu can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. Can you hold the fort for a minute? I might be able to. I might Thanks, be man. able to. So... Yeah, watching my kid rock out was was pretty amazing. And like I said, uh, I think I said it last night on the show. If you get an opportunity, and I'm not a rich man by 
by any sort of the means. I live paycheck to paycheck, much like each and every one of you out there. But if you got an extra little bit of money to go to a concert where it mean the music means as much to you and over time you've introduced your child to that music it uh it's pretty surreal to see how your child reacts to that and i'm not a musical guy i mean if you look at my house i got a bunch of guitars i got a keyboard i got a piano i got a drum set i don't know how to play any of them <clears throat> excuse me i really don't know how to play any of them but music is just so important for a child it really is important for a child and you know to introduce the child whether it's hip-hop or god forbid country or rock and roll or 80s metal or hair bands or hip-hop of today or even everything from baroque to bagpipes it is so important to give that child a love of music i never had that growing up okay i I, my parents weren't music people and i kind of found music on my own and i'm sure glad i did sure glad that i did find music because it is so important and it is it is so healthy for a child to to just enjoy any type of music that that is out there and and for me I've been a diehard Guns N' Roses fan since 1987 when Appetite for Destruction came out and my favorite song everybody already knows if you've been listening to this show for any sort of length my favorite song is Paradise City and when they closed with Paradise City last, that night my son hugged me for that entire song. I had my arm oh. around him. He had his arms around me, and we were just singing Paradise City together. My boy's only 10, okay? You know, That's and awesome. it was a moment. It was a moment that I will treasure for the rest of my life, and I know that that's beautiful. a moment that my son will now have. So... If you have young kids out there, I know I know the majority of our audience is, you know, your kids are probably grown up or whatever, but even doesn't matter. Go enjoy a a a concert with your kids. Something that you love so that way they can see the love that's in your heart for that song or you know that one song or that that one riff or or that or the entire band. You know, it's it's priceless. Yes, it costs, you know, concerts are ridiculously expensive these days. But unfortunately, due to iTunes and and Google Play, um, concerts have had to jump up in price because they drove the cost of songs all down and nobody buys albums anymore. Right. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it from right from the beginning where you walk up to the 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 uh the t shirt booth and you know, saying, Okay, son, you know, pick your concert shirt. I'll take that one, Dad. Well, that's the one I was gonna get. Perfect. Now we got matching concert shirts, you know. Love it. So yeah. 
you know, I, I don't mean to, you know, sound pretentious or as a parent or anything here, but even if I went with my 24-year-old daughter or my 20-year-old stepdaughter, I would have the same reaction because you're sharing that love of something that means so much to you, your childhood, your teenage years, your early adulthood with them and they get to see you kind of looking at something in young eyes again. Uh, eyes that saw a beautiful future with a beautiful family and a home and you know and and life doesn't usually go that way, you know, but there's always that hope and they get to see the, that in your eyes again. So that's my that uh, poet that's my poetic uh, um, thought of the night. Dave, that was poetry. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that literally is beautiful. We all, as parents, hope for those moments with our kids. So thanks so much for sharing that one with all of us. That was great. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Thanks for giving me the time to do that. All right, buddy. Yeah, bud. We do have to get to some UFOs tonight. We do. I have a surprise story to kick off. Oh, my. What's going on? Well, I didn't send you this one, but it was only because it slipped past my radar initially, and of course we need to cover it. So yesterday, the Department of Defense and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence delivered to Congress the annual report on UAP. And so as required by the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, for fiscal year of 2022, as amended by the NDAA for fiscal year 2023. So analyzing and understanding the potential threats posed by UAP is an ongoing collaborative effort involving many departments and agencies. And the department thanks the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and other contributing departments as agencies for their collaborative efforts to produce the report. And so with that thank you out of the way, I'd love to get kind of into some of the initial takes that have been going around. Sure. And so we know that there was uh, a confirmation of more than 800 reports this time of UAP. Now, we didn't get any examples of what they're considering UAP, but we know that those reports at least existed within this. So um, they'll obviously the officials in the Pentagon's all domain anomaly office arrow will spend the next year sharply focused on enabling more interrogation for the maritime and space domains in their coverage, while also closing the gaps associated with the sensors and data collection that inform their ever growing portfolio of national security aligned unexplainable phenomena investigations. And so this is coming according to the team's latest congressionally mandated report. So some big plans looking forward. Now, obtained by thedefensescoop.com, which is where I am reading from currently, before it was released on Wednesday evening, the 15-page document, uh, also the newest in a series of reviews required by lawmakers in the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act, confirms that Arrow has received a total of 801 reports of UAP. And so this is as of April 30th, 2023. Now, this public unclassified version does not say how many of those have been resolved, but these are just ones that were addressed. 
So the report covers the time period between August 31st, 2022, all the way up to April 30th of 2023, and marks an uptick of the 291 reports since the previous iteration and announcement last year that verified 650 cases. So officials noted that 274 of those new 291 UAP cases occurred during this period. So while the other 17 occurred during previous reporting periods from 2019 to 2022, uh, they had not conveyed that in previous submissions. So, so interesting to know. Basically, Go ahead. they've been hiding Dive a few in. cases on us. I think that those were ones that they didn't consider for the report simply because they weren't sure if they were truly UAP. And um, they were able to verify them, even though they were from a different time period. So they managed to slip on into this new report, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, but yeah, no, I I think they're being very transparent with that. Um, However, we've gotten no examples, obviously, um, in the public report. So uh, none of these newly covered submissions revert to transmedium objects, which can speedily travel from the Earth's atmosphere into areas of underwater. And none of the detections uh, in the space domain. So nothing in space and nothing underwater sounds like just kind of an aero space, if you will, considering uh, it's within the term. So uh, airborne UAP continue to dominate UAP reporting, officials also note in the report, which is somehow redundant in its own wording, but that's just my personal take. They also reveal that Arrow is now accessing UAP incidents reports from the Federal Aviation Administration. And so to consider these in their studies, officials broadly committed to further deepening Arrow's relationship with also the U.S. military and civilian agencies that have air domain focus components in the next year. So collaboration also occurred with Space Force, U.S. Space Command, NRO, and NASA, and that was well underway. Interrogation of the maritime domain is another area where Arrow will seek to make significant progress in the coming year, and I find that heavily significant. We can dive into that here shortly, but In this new report, they say that Arrow will work with the U.S. Navy and ODNI's National Intelligence Manager for military integration. So that tells us that they are looking into some other reports that definitely will never make it to the public. But U.S. Navy is cooperating. Dave, do you want to dive in before I go any further? Well, it seems like there, you know, just by this report that, you know, it's almost once again we we're feeling that at least I am feeling in this piece that there's some sort of excitement that we should be getting ready for for this entire case. Okay, that they're going to be expanding. I mean, but how many times over the last couple of years have we heard about this? Now, I don't know what to believe. I want to believe that they're going to be expanding. I want to believe that we're taking steps forward, but what at what cost? We still don't know uh, what a UAP is. We know what a UFO is. We don't know what a UAP is. So what exactly are they covering? What exactly are they they looking for? If there was no new reports of transmedium flight, okay, well, that tells me it's earthbound. And if it's earthbound, whether it goes in the water or not, 
are we worried about more spying balloons? Are we worried about more spying drones? We know that there are always Chinese uh, cargo ships that happen to have doors that open there where drones fly out and take pictures of, you know, American naval ships and bases and so on and so forth. So what are we actually covering here? Okay. And, and, and look, UAP is a very, as much as I don't like it, it's a very vague term. Even with some of the people I'm dealing with behind the scenes who are new to this area, where they're all UAP, I'm like, I'm correcting them. Are we talking UFOs or are we talking UAP here? We have to we have to talk to the, 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 the distinction. I don't talk UAP. I talk about UFOs. Our audience talks about UFOs. So where are we going with this? What What are these studies telling us? Why did Sean Kirkpatrick, the head of the Aero program, hold back on so much? So I think because we are in a very tense situation in the world, I think people need to pretty much conclude that a lot of these new UAP sightings are man-made, spy drones, spy objects, balloons, whatever it may be. Your th- Tim, I'm going to get you to we'll give your thoughts when we return, but thank you for bringing up that that story. Very much appreciate it. The UFO report with Tim Senor continues when we return on Spaced Out Radio. We'll also get into pseudo gravity. Former head of the U.S. UFO program says that advanced craft of unknown origin may be here. Lots more with Tim Senor and the UFO report. There we go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Figured we needed to at least cover it. <laughs> kind of a big deal. It, it is a big deal. And, and you know, a uh, conversation I had with someone on the inside earlier this week, he was, for some reason, he calls me David. He calls me David. Hmm. I don't yeah. know why. Don't know why. But either way, um, he uh, he stated David. to me, yeah, so formal, yeah. He stated to me um, that there's a lot of big news coming over the next few months. He has got to stay quiet right now, but there's a lot of big news coming. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Simon the Likeable, cool. how are you? Did you want to move on to the next story? When we well, come I want back? to get your opinion when we come back. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I totally want to get your opinion, which reminds me. Have you had a chance to read it over yet? Read what over? Um, the new UAP report for 2023. I have not... Okay. I, I was trying to today at work, and I didn't have... Would you rather go a little deeper on Friday, and we can circle back Friday? Because um, there's a few little nuggets in there that probably would take you a while to cover. Yeah. 
I'm going to circle back Friday if we don't hit it tonight. I'm sure after you read it, you'll see what I'm saying. Everyone in the audience that's read it, they're like, yeah. Shady. More ufolitics nonsense. Look at you. What are you playing? Angry Birds? No. <laughs> no, I I forgot to send. Uh, oh, you don't have to actually tell me, bud. I was just kidding. <laughs> You're uh, hilarious. He's like, yeah, I was uh, paying a bill. Uh, I'm just yeah, I, mean, I have a, you know, I have a no see him in here with me. I don't know. I got one. I no got one too. I got one too. It's that time of year. Oh, he's so annoying. Might as well name him at this point. So do you know how Guns N' Roses got their name? Yeah. I'm sure you do. Tracy Guns and Axl Rose. Yeah. Not everyone knew that. That little... Oh, man. They're so frustrating because you can see them for a second, then they just disappear. There we go. All caught up. Yeah. I had to send someone a description. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so over the summer, I took my kids to chamber music at this barn on uh, Bainbridge Island. And chamber music is basically like violin, cello, yeah, that sort of thing. And, and in this barn, it was amazing because they, you know, built this especially for music. And it was just amazing. You know, there's probably 30 people there. And these were definitely like concert violinists. And it was just really cool Beautiful. to introduce the kids to it. And so my daughter came out of it wanting to learn the violin. Good. So she picked that up this year. Good. My son's doing uh, trombone because uh, he likes jazz. I played quite a bit of jazz, jazz in the house. Jazz is great. Yeah. Hi, Beth yeah, Noise. How you doing? And Palmer. The awesome Ann Palmer. Indeed. You have such a great audience. Yeah. I think we do. I think we do. What shirt do you have on tonight? Uh, I got my dog man shirt on. Okay, sweet. You know the type of shirt you can get at spacedoutradio.com. Here we go. They're so comfortable. Down to the final 25 minutes of Spaced Out Radio tonight. 
Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate you tuning us in for the UFO Report. Reminder to all of you that if you missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tim Senor and the UFO Report continue right now. Now, Tim, right before the break, we were talking about a new report coming out from Arrow that basically says they've got over 800 UAP sightings. And the big question is, with the term UAP being so vague, what exactly do you think they're seeing, Tim? I don't know. And there's quite a lot of vagueness in the report saying that not only are there no uh, people that have been harmed by UAP, but there's been no um, danger to air flights in their any of the reports as well. So it doesn't sound like it's uh, that big of a deal to them, according to this report. And currently, gaps in domain awareness are also a direct result of insufficient data. When you need to add a little extra spirit to your Halloween season, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers Very Berry, some extra scares won't be the only surprises this season with the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors. So when you want equal parts tricks and treats this Halloween, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect addition to every candy bowl. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once-daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic 2 Decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic 2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic 2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tic2 inhibits Tic2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if Sotic 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. Secured by radar. So they're looking into infrared sensors and other presence of sensor artifacts such as RI flare and optical effects such as parallax. And they're able to easily kind of take a UAP report and put it into a box of even unknown. It can be kind of swept into a mundane box. So we don't know how many of these have been considered truly phenomenal and unknown or something that they figured was mundane, whether it was weather or they were able to explain it, explain it away as a sensor artifact or something along those lines. 
So um, they're saying that there's a lot of domain awareness with the data that they're receiving, that um, there's a learning curve with everything. And I think they're very much in the beginning of um, review when they come to these results. And so it takes, you know, quite a lot to explain to a layman like myself why something is considered UAP or isn't. And so Arrow plans to strengthen targeted collection within the intelligence community and help better inform other agencies about what data and information to collect from observers, according to this new report. And so the team has also produced a new multi-layered science and technology plan that incorporates how other federal mechanisms can support the overarching mission to just detect, track, track and characterize UAP. So again, we're seeing very clearly here that they're in the beginning stages of consideration on how to even look and detect UAP. And Dave, this is exactly what you were just saying. So very much this report is showing that they are forward-looking, but they, um, you know, at this point don't have anything that looks like a threat that has resulted in any human, you know, damage. But we're not going to see that. We're not going to see that. In their perception, yeah. You know, we're not going to see that. All right? This is why, you know, if if we really want to get deep and dirty into this subject, this is why... People like Ryan Graves need to be, you know, more understanding about promoting a threat narrative and that all of a sudden one of these UAPs is going to start knocking out 787s out of the sky across the United States on a frequent basis. Okay. If it's alien, we haven't had it happen yet. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And actually, despite the whistleblower claims, Arrow's chief, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, put in this report that he repeatedly emphasized that the Defense Department has found no credible evidence thus far of any extraterrestrial activity. So the latest report does not expressly include a statement with that sentiment exactly word for word though arrow at this point has still obtained nothing that officials believe suggests otherwise yeah so yeah dave you know pretty frustrating stuff as you're saying it's it's not frustrating it's the same old same old okay it's the same old same old where there is no threat Okay, the only reason why we know there is a threat is because government money and budgets are derived from threat narratives. We've seen this play out. We know the, the the that the companies are posturing for that budget, even up here in Canada. Okay, more so in the United States, but there are countries uh, that are gearing up for this new wave of UAP garbage. Okay, that never seems to to come to fruition. You know, I mean. I mean, UAP threats are the new Y2K. <laughs> now, there's a quote yeah. we need to cut out, you know, I like that. for, That's for, a, t-shirt for right a YouTube sh- for a YouTube short. Okay. Yeah. UAP threat narrative is the equivalent to Y2K. Never happened. Not going to happen. And we need to open our eyes to it. 
Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it's it's terrible to know that in the same headlines, we're living with this headline coming in now from Liberation Times, where just today or yesterday, I guess, the former head of U.S. government UFO programs confirms that government possesses advanced craft of unknown origin. And Dave, before I even dive into it, these are the headlines that we're getting. And it totally, in my opinion, is in conflict with everything else that we're getting from Arrow and people that are in the NASA group or any group that's really supposedly doing research. And then in the same headlines, we're getting these kinds of things. It's really hard to discern fact from fiction at this time. But before I go into it, did you want to touch on this? No. You, you, or should you, I just you, dive you right started, in? started off. Cool. So in a new interview with Dr. James Lukatsky, who headed a prior U.S. government investigation into UAP, affirmed that the U.S. government possesses a craft of unknown origin and has access to its interior. And so the newly released book co-authored by Lukatsky, who led the Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Applications Program, OSAP, dedicated the study of UAP, revealed in a quote, at the conclusion of a 2011 meeting in the Capitol building with a U.S. senator and an agency undersecretary, Lekatsky, the only one of this book's authors present, posed a question. He stated that the United States was in possession of a craft of unknown origin and had successfully gained access to its interior. In continuing the quote, he said, this craft had a streamlined configuration suitable for aerodynamic flight, but no intakes, exhaust, wings, or control surfaces. In fact, it appeared not to have an engine, fuel tanks, or fuel. Lukatsky added, What was the purpose of this craft? Why was it a life support system useful only for ats- atmospheric re-entry or what? And if it was a spacecraft then how did it operate? So very interesting coming from quotes inside the book, continuing on what's in the book is an exact statement of an event that occurred in the congressional facility. Corbell put this out just the other day, put the following question to Lukatsky and said, you told us before because you were allowed to tell us that your government has a UFO in its possession and has been able to access the inside of it, right? Lukatsky responded, yes, I was allowed to tell you. And so we're seeing quite a lot of these big, bold statements coming forward. But now, at least perhaps we're getting firsthand statements from someone that's either been in close proximity to the craft or has direct knowledge of the craft itself. Now, when asked by Corbell whether he had entered the craft described in the book, Lukatsky responded, of course, I can't answer that. But Later in the interview, Corbell offered Lukaski an opportunity to, to dispute the implication that he had seen and stepped inside the craft, and Lukaski again just declined the offer. So we won't know if it's firsthand or not, but it's definitely an interesting story. And so there was more to it, considerably more, and to that discussion about what the situation exactly was. And we can obviously hear more of that interview from the weaponized broadcast that came out on Monday. But 
just one of the big, bold statements. Now, Dave, I'd love to get your opinion on this because this is coming from a fairly credible insider, right? Um, now we know paired up with George Knapp and Dr. Combe Kelleher, who also worked alongside Lukatsky and Osap, this information was brought forward. So please, let's get your take on this before we go any further. I think James Lukatsky is one of those hidden stars in this field who actually knows what's going on, but isn't going to tell the whole story about what's going on. That's why he has, we're going to use the word teamed up, okay? We're going to use that term, teamed up, okay, with people like Knapp and Corbell because they have the the voice and the audience in order to draw people in and and get the message out. You may not like Knapp or Corbell. I highly respect both of them, okay? But that's just the way it is. He's their sounding board, okay? And let's not forget that Knapp was read into this decades ago, decades ago that he's been waiting on this story. And Corbell just, well, it's because he tags along. Not that he doesn't do any hard work, but he's got a lot further since, uh, you know, uh, being pulled in the wagon by George Knapp than he would have on his own. Let's just say that. And so with Lukatsky coming out, Lukatsky tied to Elizondo, tied to many other programs within the Pentagon, he's in the know. And when you're in the know, and you want to get the, the word out, where do you go? You're not coming to some YouTube podcast. You're not coming to a small radio show. You're going to somebody who can get the word out on television, on radio, on YouTube, and on a website, and a blog. That's George Knapp. All right? Let's remember, when it comes down to the story, there are only few people who have who have access to the real story. George Knapp is one. Leslie Kane, Ralph Blumenthal, Ralph Blumenthal, pardon me, are two others. Ross Coltart has worked his way into that, but is he at that that A tier yet? I don't think so. I think he knows a lot. He's built a lot of sources, but they are different from that old boys club that the other journalists are in. And that's where it begins. Interesting. And I'm wondering, too, if Lukatsky has had a chance to bring this information directly to Congress, because obviously this would be the depository of choice for this kind of information. And let's hope that Jeremy Corbell's show wasn't the first place that this was brought forward. Obviously, we know he had a book, but obviously a firsthand um, testimony in Congress like this would be massive in value. I would love specifics. You know, it's very vague still. Um, I want to know much, much more than just this, but um, this is a great start. You know, this is a great start. And addressing the aspect where private contractors may potentially hold craft of unknown or non-human origin, Blakatsky remarked in the interview in this quote saying that, I can say if there's any heavy investment of contractor capital, they're overhead money into technologies, and they've been given these technologies. They're going to hang on to them. So it's as if someone's saying, hey, 
wait a minute, we've invested a lot of our personal resources into research, and this sentiment applies to every topic. It's going to be very difficult to pry loose technology when something has been given over and a private company has invested their money, their stockholders' money, and such into research. So that's an entirely different aspect. But yes, I do see how it would be very hard to pry that information loose without a subpoena or something like that. So one such contractor understood to have alleged craft of unknown or non-human origin is potentially Lockheed Martin. And so earlier this year, we looked into that and we discussed that even here on this show. Um, And questions about UAPs are best addressed by the government, according to Lockheed's spokesperson. And they added that we comply with all regular regulatory requirements. So according to that statement, there's no black budget or secret programs taking place, at least at Lockheed, according to the spokesperson. They're ready to wash their hands clean. Five and a half minutes, Tim, to go. We should uh, shoot on to another good topic here that you uh, have picked out for us. Take Um, your pick, bud. Let's go to... Roswell, New Mexico. What's going on there? I like it. So, yeah, visionary rumors in Roswell, New Mexico, encountering eerie awe on our travels. So now this is a topic that you and I have been discussing. Uh, The Psychiatric Times brings us this article, The Psychiatric Views on the UAP and UFO. And so it seems as if the awe and wonder of ufos is kind of what we've been seeing potentially with some of what they're calling collective unconscious and um psychiatrist carl jung even had his own theory of the collective unconscious in his book flying saucers a modern myth of things seen in the sky and this describes the ufo phenomena as a quote visionary rumor And this refers to a rumor that is best kept alive by visions that are experienced collectively. The affected individuals feel a, quote, unusual emotion, end quote, which intensifies and then flashes visually. So a lot of these people have had experiences and they translate it into art and it's very curative for them and they're able to kind of give a release and an expression of their experience. But in clinical work, perhaps they've encountered the question of rumors as false memories versus the reality in assessing the existence of past trauma. Now, Jung was never quite sure of how to distinguish whether UFOs were a a psychic or real phenomena, but apparently neither has our government, or at least they're not saying if they had. Now, in a time when our own global reality is so troubling, are we ripe for, quote, visionary rumors that can coalesce into dangerous cultish thinking and the internet? Now, Dave, you and I have kind of talked about this briefly, but it's interesting to see that even Carl Jung brought this forward in a theory that it's collective unconsciousness and kind of one of those things that we're expressing trauma this way. Now, obviously, firsthand experiences and things physically in the air kind of express what he was saying, that there is something potentially there, and he couldn't say whether it was actually psychic or physical. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I do think that the U.S. government has been looking into this. I think they have been for a long time. 
I mean, isn't that what Skinwalker Ranch is all about? Isn't that what the study of NIDS has been all about? I mean, Hal Putoff and Jim Semivan, and to a lesser extent, John Alexander, have made a career off of this. 30, 40, 50-year career off of everything from from remote viewing to UFOs to to paranormal experiences. This isn't something that's that's new. It's something that's hidden. It just seems new to a lot of people because they're not used to this being in mainstream conversation. Tim, your thoughts. No, I totally agree. And in fact, um, I think that there's something to it. Um, the fact is, is that there is a, potentially a psychic connection to the phenomenon itself, right? And maybe that's the connection that even Jung kind of missed, is that he saw both aspects and didn't realize that they were directly connected. I mean, that was kind of my take when I read the article, is that there was just that one little bit that he had missed, was that um, it's not all nuts and bolts, and it's not all just self-illusionary. It's somewhere in between. You know, there is a psychic connection to whatever that is in the sky, whether it's actually there or not. But the fact is we're able to capture it and capture the data, capture it on radar, capture photographs, capture video. So there's something substantial to it. And then there's the psychological aspect that's connected to it as well and how we interpret it. So it's very deep and very interesting and there's no one right answer. But I think what you say all the time is totally right, that it's all connected. And that if you understand one aspect, then you're just kind of pulling a thread and help. hopefully at some point it'll all unravel for you. Well, I, I love that uh, thought. I agree with you. And, and I think that's where it needs to needs to come from. I mean, look... If the U.S. government was ever honest about what they know and what they have been experimenting with over the years and the decades, a lot of people would be out of a job. A lot of people would be fired, sued, put in jail maybe. Oh, yeah. It's and a, I think um, a lot of people would be pretty upset also. I mean, we had even talked about the Pandora's box on this show, how if you opened up and they were honest on any one aspect of this phenomenon, there would be so many people that have been affected and not all good, a lot negatively. I agree. I agree. And, yeah. you know, that's the, that's the question. But as long as we're chasing UAPs, we're not going to know the difference, and and our and our blinders are going to continue to be on when it comes to the UFO subject. A great UFO report, little Timmy Senor. Very much appreciate your great love of this show and and doing this segment. It's a very important segment for us, man. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, big thank you to Merle and Mondo and Jen from Three Hundred Five Paranormal as well. We got Mister Ron Bubblefoot Thal rocking in the background with little brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in, at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, 
LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter or X at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright from Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Hey, is that the new iPhone 15 Pro? Yeah, it's made with titanium and the Pro camera is epic. Just got it at T-Mobile. Nice. Yep, and I got their Go 5G Next plan, so now I have the freedom to upgrade my phone every year. Whoa, I gotta get to T-Mobile. Get our best deals on iPhone 15 Pro at T-Mobile.com. One-year upgrade requires Go 5G Next plan, financing new qualifying device, and upgrading in good condition after six months with half paid off. Is that the new iPhone 15 Pro? Oh, yeah. It's made with titanium, and the Pro camera is epic. Just got it at T-Mobile. Nice. Yeah, and I got their Go 5G Next plan, so now I have the freedom to upgrade my phone every year. I got to get to T-Mobile. Take charge of your upgrades at T-Mobile.com. Phone now via 24-monthly bill credits plus tax for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on a required finance agreement due. One-year upgrade requires financing qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six months with half paid off.